Hey everybody, welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you have a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott. And I'm Macy. Welcome to episode 100! <laughs> Woo! Our 100th episode! That's crazy. Yeah, this feels like the biggest hallmark in podcast for us. I feel like we both feel a little wild right now. Chaotic? Yeah. A little chaotic. Everybody, this is not just it's our 100th episode. It's a really big episode. We have put our hearts and souls and sweat and time and zooms into this one. It's the it's the finale of like four days of of like hard. Not not hard. I want to I want to say that. Uh, intense, focused, mm-hmm. fun, mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. work. Hard work. Interviews. <laughs> I, I think mean, it's hard work. It's just funny because it was so fun, but it was back to back to back and it took so much time and it was so fun, but um, also yeah. a lot. <laughs> also a lot. So you clicked on this episode. We're titling it Enneagram and COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Great. And so what we've done to celebrate our 100th episode on all of our five times around episodes, we talked about the Enneagram and we thought, what are we going to do for our 100th episode on the Enneagram? And then we're eight weeks into shelter in place, pandemic, COVID hitting America. And we thought, what if we talk to a bunch of people about the Enneagram and COVID, and then we made it happen. I think the idea was like an audio version of a listicle. Yes, that's the original, <laughs> the original start. It was because there's been a lot of listicles about like how each Enneagram number is responding to COVID, and we thought, well, let's talk to people and mm-hmm. hear how they're doing. And it has been, it was, it's so cool, you guys. We're so excited for you to hear this episode because it's really fascinating to hear from so many different people and hear their experiences and have them next to each other. It's, I feel like it's a really great taste of the Enneagram. Yeah. And this is first and foremost, a conversational podcast between Macy and me, but obviously this was an entirely new thing to try. Mm-hmm. And I guess we don't have the final edit yet, so we don't know if we have pulled it off, but I think we did. I we at least have gonna, these interviews. Are we pulling it off? off. <laughs> you got to land the plane. We'll see. Um, what does it mean to you, Macy, that, uh, to have done 100 episodes? How do you feel? <laughs> How are you feeling? You ask me this question. <laughs> um, how do I feel? I feel really proud of us. Yeah. Like, in a really cool way, we did not know what would happen with this podcast when we started, and... I don't know. I feel like it's become a really sweet thing. And part of this episode was talking to a lot of people that we've met through the podcast. And I True. think it was really special to have that chance to really see, hey, there's people who listen to us and it matters that we've never missed a week. And we've been dedicated to being curious and having these conversations weekly. And I feel it affecting my life and our friendship. And it's it's so special. It's so special. What does it's, it mean to you? I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think the fact that we've done been so consistent is a maybe a sign that we have learned from our Enneagram defense mechanism all, conversations. Like we're we're trying. Yeah. <laughs> some sort of practice, some sort of consistency. But it also just feels so cool to have stumbled on something I think we believe in. It's funny that we call it no small thing because it is a small thing and it's no small thing. You know, it's a little podcast. But it feels so big and special. It is. It is. And now that I don't have a job, it is extra (laughs) no small thing in my life. I'm like, yes, this podcast. So, yeah, it definitely is no small thing. It's like a, it's for us, it's been like a lifestyle. Yes, totally. I mean, part of it is, is that every, we're committed to not just having these, the the whole podcast is being committed to having a curious posture. Mm -hmm. So it's like the way we interact with each other and the people around us and 
having the conversations have hasn't let us slip up from that. You know, we're constantly having to reevaluate and ask ourselves that. Are we being more curious? So I don't know. It's been so good. Well, Maddie's here on the porch with us and Maddie helped get this started. Yeah. And that's part of the lifestyle too, is me coming to this house every week. And hi. it's, it's, uh, <laughs> you want to have Maddie say hi? You just say hi. <laughs> hey everybody. <laughs> He's on the episode. So yeah, get excited. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's for me personally, it's, you know, two years of coming to this house every Thursday mm-hmm. and it's recording the podcast, but all sorts of other special conversations and interactions that happen here. Yeah, it's about, it's the content of the podcast, but then it's also doing it anyways, mm-hmm. being scared, not really knowing what to do, being baby podcasters when we started. And now, like, figuring out the tech Tween is podcasters. so easy now, you yeah. know, like, oh, I know what channels are and how to edit certain things. And I didn't know any of these skills before. And now it's like, yeah, this is what we do. Yeah. And, and I think doing this episode captured the original magic a little bit of the first few months of just feeling like we're doing something entirely new and challenging. Um, and that was pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. I think we should start to explain the episode because people right. are here for the yep, content. Yep, yep, yep. Of the and it's long room. and we got to get to it. So yeah, you saw What are this. you about to listen to? This episode is so long because. Why not? It's our hundredth episode and we do what we want and it's hearing a taste and we didn't want to cut people's really great thoughts. Somebody told me that we was like lot, trying to like consult with me about the podcast one time that it felt very self-indulgent. And I was like, oh, well, this, it's a, it's a, it's like we do it in our <laughs> spare time. It's our hobby. It's not our job, which, which kind of is right now. But, um, okay. So this episode is going to be a smattering of interviews. You will hear from every single number in this episode. We sat down, talked to people over zoom, asked them how they're doing, how COVID has affected them. Talked to them about their Enneagram, heard advice from all of them. Yep. So that's what you're getting into with this episode. Good it's, it's interview after interview. If you're curious what the order of this oh, episode yeah, yeah. is, we decided that we wanted to go in a fun, unique way. And so we're starting with sevens, and the episode will progress throughout the integration movement of the Enneagram. So we got sevens, and then we got fives, and then we got eights, and we got twos, then fours, ones, and then we're going to jump over to the, the triangle, and we'll get threes, <laughs> sixes, and nines. Bam. The crown. The crown will round it out. Finale with the crown. No, yeah. um, Yeah, no, I I think, uh, you know, it's going, they're going to come by, I think they're going to go by fast. Mm -hmm. I imagine for for people that like the Enneagram and people that like No Small Thing, it will, even though it's long, I imagine it'll go by fast. I think so. Because the reflections are so good and so interesting. And you guys, it's really fascinating the mood of each of these Mm -hmm. interviews. Like, the twos had such a consistent energy. Yeah. The fours, the fours are being fours. <laughs> it's so funny and profound to have this on tape. I feel yeah. so excited to be a part of some kind of documentation mm-hmm. of what's happening around us. Absolutely. Okay. It's good. I mean, we're fans of our own thing. So they say, make what you like. Tyranny of taste. That's what we've <laughs> been doing. So we did that. We made what we like. Yeah. We hope you guys enjoy this. We hope you like it. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you've been a listener, uh, hope you keep listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah, and if you liked it, give us a rating and review. Give us a rating and review on iTunes. Okay, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Enneagram Type 7. The Enthusiast. The Generalist. The Multitasker. The Wonderkind. The Dilettante. The Connoisseur. The Energizer. Basic Fear of Being Deprived and Trapped in Pain. Basic Desire to Be Happy, Satisfied, to find fulfillment. Super ego message. 
You are good or okay if you get what you need. Dawes. I'm an Enneagram 7 wing 8 with a one-to-one or sexual subtype and I'm from Arkansas. I first discovered the Enneagram about two years ago. I was in eighth grade and I just kind of stumbled across it and I was like oh this is cool. I love taking like personality tests and stuff so I was like okay might as well take the test and the first thing I got was I got well I started like reading into it and I was like oh I think I'm an Enneagram 3 and I became set on that idea I was like I am definitely an Enneagram 3 and I'd only read about one two and three so I didn't know <laughs> that. So I was like I am a three I know it <laughs> so funny yeah and then like a week later I was like wait I read the four description and I was like no I'm a four definitely and I started researching more and listening to podcasts I listened to sleeping at last podcast yes um I love sleeping at last. He is amazing. <laughs> and I just, I knew I was a four. I was like, yeah, definitely. I'm a four. Um, and that went on for about a year and a half until okay. this past January when I was listening to you guys. And I thought well, you, I was listening to an episode about subtypes and I was like, okay, I'm going to try and figure out my subtype. Mm-hmm. And I was reading into the four subtypes and I could not figure it out. None of them really quite fit me and I remember one time I was looking at Instagram and they were posting subtypes and stuff and there was one seven subtype that was like that sounds like me but I kind of just put it in the back of my brain like okay that's I'm a four definitely mm. but then <laughs> as I was reading I was like wait I thought back to that and I was like maybe I should just look just because and I read the description of the I think it was sexual social stacking for the seven and I was like oh my god, this is me. How did I not realize this sooner? And it was just this incredible, like, moment of, like, wow, this is who I am. I cannot believe I didn't discover this. And I just went through this period of, like, rediscovering myself, and it was so cool. It was so cool. This is really so. good content. <laughs> Lily's bringing the really good content right now. I know, this we're is so good. excited. I think... Oh, wait, so it's... You say se- sexual social? That's your stacking? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I did you DM us that you like I feel like you DM'd us and you're like I'm not a four yeah because you posted about being a four I always I always said we have this listener Lily who's a four and then you realized yes I did DM you guys I was so excited I just wanted to tell everybody (laughs) I mean typical seven Mm -hmm. Um, I know I was like I've been a seven all along like I started thinking back to my past and my childhood Mm -hmm. and things I've said and things I've done. And I'm like, Oh my God, this makes so much sense. And yeah, it's really uh, cool. They say about like a sexual seven that there's the, the, one of the descriptions, I think it's probably in the wisdom of the Enneagram says something like heavenly minded, or that's like Beatrice oh, Chestnut, yes. like thinking about the best and the utopia yes. and like, no, so true. Yeah. I am a daydreamer. I constantly daydream constantly. <laughs> like it can become a little bit unhealthy at times, but I'm always seeing the world. The the um, kind of like metaphor I like to use is I see the world through rose colored glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is honestly true. I see everything through like a rose tint. Like I, I see things as more beautiful as they actually are um, for the best or for the worst. I think it's for the best usually, <laughs> but that's the way I like to describe it. <laughs> This okay. is so good. Do you feel as a seven, especially that like you get antsy or restless? 
Oh, yes, totally. <laughs> yeah, I totally feel trapped. I felt more trapped at the start. I feel like I was just like, I was kind of in denial. I was like, no, this isn't real. <laughs> I get like, no. And then once it kind of set in, I was like, dang, okay, this is going to be the new normal. And it took a little bit for me to kind of adapt to that. But yeah, there have been a lot of times when I've just been like, I just want to go out so bad. I want to see yeah. my friends and I want to have fun times and memories together. Oh, it's, it's hard, <laughs> but it's the best thing to do. And I, I, you know, I don't regret it. I'm doing the best for everyone and I feel good about it. So, um, so you're in school. But then w- once you're done with school for the day, have you done your homework and stuff like wh- how how are you are there how are you spending your free time? Yeah, so I'm doing a lot of stuff. I practice my ukulele, mm. I do painting, I play Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah. I play a lot of Animal Crossing. I'm sure everyone knows about Animal Crossing. <laughs> um what else do I do? That's really I funny. Play- I've never played Animal Crossing, but it does seem to be... Everybody seems to be doing it. I see so many people posting about it. Well, a new version came out right in the beginning of COVID. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got it the first day it came out and have been addicted to it. It's yeah. so good. I have friends who are in a very similar boat. It's like their their life of COVID is also the life of their Animal Crossing yeah, avatar. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and then you were going to, I kind of interrupted you. What, what else were you going to say? Okay. Um, I've been like cooking a lot. Um, I'm vegan and I love making like vegan recipes and veganizing desserts and veganizing oh, fun. Um, the non-vegan meals. I've been making a lot of vegan mac and cheese and it's so good because that, that was one of my favorite meals when I wasn't vegan. So to veganize it is like amazing. That's good. <laughs> what things has this situation maybe taught you about yourself or allowed you to discover about yourself? Yeah. Oh man, that's a deep question. Um, <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It's okay. I like it. Um, it, it really shows me how much of a dreamer I am. I um, usually just go through life and I'm just like, oh, everything is great. Like this is beautiful. But now I'm actually realizing that I do that. I just thought it was normal, but um, especially in this time, I'm realizing like I should be sad, but I'm not. And I. I, at first I kind of felt guilty. I was like, should I be more sad than I am? And I don't get me wrong. I have felt deep sadness, mm-hmm. um, a few times during this time because it's very sad. Um, but like in general, I'm just like, why am I so happy? And why do I like feel so good? And why am I enjoying this? <laughs> like I feel guilty about this. Oh, I don't think you need to feel yeah. guilty. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I shouldn't, but um, that's what I'm working through. I'm just, I'm letting myself feel yeah. all the emotions. And that's something that's hard for us in Enneagram 7, for sure. Um, but I've definitely learned that it's okay to feel sad. And it's okay to have all these feelings. And it's okay to just let it happen. Mm-hmm. You don't have to hold back. You can just be sad. And it gets over with faster if you just <laughs> And if <laughs> I love that that's the motivation. <laughs> Got to get over with this faster. That's You're like, oh, true. some yeah, emotions sure. are coming. Everybody, this is going to take a while. <laughs> We're going to have some deep, dark emotions. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. I think about like this idea of being in the fear triad, like fives and sevens. And I remember you, Macy posted something on her Instagram a while ago where it talked about how we deal with it. And so like fives deal with their fear by going internal and just like just interrogating the internal. And then six has had this weird thing of going out and in, mm-hmm. 
But sevens mm-hmm. dealt with their fear by just looking out and being like, ooh, 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 you know? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But man, that's such a nice energy. I, I just, sevens are just so nice to be around. What is something that, like what kinds of advice or words do you have for other sevens who are out there listening to this during COVID times? That's a great question. Okay. Sevens, I love you. You guys are awesome. And I wish I knew more of you. I don't have many seven friends actually, but you guys are awesome people. And just know that it's okay to feel all the emotions. You don't have to run from fear. You don't have to run from sadness. You don't have to run from grief. Just let yourself feel it and it'll go faster. (laughs) It'll go faster. (laughs) I love that. That's so funny. That's partly serious, but um, yeah, just just let yourself feel it. Know that it's okay and it's going to pass. And look forward to all the fun times ahead. You've got so much fun in the future, and it's okay because it's not going to be that great now. But just know that it's going to be so worth it in the end because it's just going to be so much sweeter to see your friends and hug them and spend time together. And just that's what's keeping me going, at least. Man, what I do love just thinking about Lily, you, Lily, um, is you listening to this like 30 years from now and even just having the memory of the COVID, you mm-hmm. know, and being on a, yeah. the podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Lily. We love you, Thank Lily. You. Thank yeah. you. You so too. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Uh, my name is Birdie Mandigi and I'm calling from Spokane, Washington and I am an Enneagram seven. Bam. Well done. <laughs> Is that good? Yeah. That was great. If you look at Birdie's Instagram feed and his whole life energy, it's spent doing what a seven does, <laughs> seeking out adventures, the next new, big, fun, exciting thing, uh, and sharing it with his friends. Yeah. Who are his... 100%. All his followers. <laughs> <laughs> Birdie, when was it for you that you started getting into the Enneagram and kind of discovering your sevenness? Uh, from Emily. Uh, to be honest, like I, I wasn't really... Um, I don't know. I never took any personality tests or I never like, it's not that I never cared for them. I just was never exposed to them, I guess. But, um, but yeah, from Emily and then we end up listening. I think we were on our road trip. Um, it was a really long one from Seattle to Utah. And then I, we listened to the sleeping out last podcast. So good. Like pretty much from like one through nine, like the whole thing. And um, at the time they didn't have the seven song out yet. So I was like, so excited when I finally heard that. Cause it was like, man, that is exactly like, it's the exact beat that I wanted. And it's like, it's everything was just like, I always, I know I love, I love that song. That's true. That seven song really gets the sevens. It really gets every the song really gets the numbers. Okay, That's I have true. I have to say this for the record, people listening. Birdie is wearing a shirt right now that says "Best Vibes Only." <laughs> that is a seven <laughs> shirt. Get the negativity out of I here. Don't, don't want that negativity. Oh my god! <laughs> only want the best vibes. So Not even good. Best, <laughs> best vibes. vibes. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> oh my That's gosh. good. All right, so uh, same question to Birdie. Yeah, we heard a bit from Emily, but for you, how has your day-to-day changed since COVID? Honestly, it was really weird. Like, um, the first first time it happened, the first time we heard about COVID, I was more like, oh, that means flights are going to be cheap. You know, I can start planning my stuff. Hmm. Uh, But, you know, like, just future planning and just really excited about taking advantage of that. And then the next day, like, it was just super super fast shift that I've never felt. I never had like these feelings before. Emily and I talked about it all the time, but I was so down. Mm-hmm. It was like 
and like when the reality hit, I was more like, I felt like really hopeless, which I'm like, man, I've never felt like this before. Um, and I felt like, I felt uh, like I couldn't see the end to the COVID thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I don't know when it's going to end and, um, or how it's going to end. Um, I don't know how long it's going to last. Like, I think that was, that was right before our Mexico trip. Like literally the day before we were supposed to fly out to Mexico, mm-hmm. we were so nervous. It was like, are we going to get stuck in Mexico? And I was like, oh, we'll be fine if we get to go. But then the couple ended up canceling the wedding. And then, um, we were like, Oh, I guess we're not going. <laughs> so I guess, I guess um, things are starting to get canceled. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up just like, we had like four commercial projects and I have five weddings that was postponed. So it was just like, March was the longest month for me. And I, it took me, um, and Emily mentioned this too, that she was super productive and I was the total opposite. Cause I kept comparing myself to her hmm. and I was like, man, Emily's like gardening and she works on the blog. She does all these things and I'm not doing anything. And the thing is, I didn't know how to feel that because I felt like I was, I, I was always positive and, you know, I felt like I was so sad. I just don't know why I was like, I was like, I didn't know how it feels. So the first two weeks was like of COVID was really tough on me. And just having all the projects canceled, because I, I have like this lofty goals in my head, how we wanted to like, you know, kind of like take a, st- take a step further with our travel blog and with our photography. And um, I don't know. And it just like went downhill from that. And then it was just like really hopeless, <laughs> I felt. I feel we talked to um, two other sevens and both of them talked about having really high highs and really low lows yeah. from mm, COVID. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. Sedona mentioned in the beginning it being so tough for her too. Or flights, you can't go outside, you know, yeah. you can't you can't do anything. So it was like, oh, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to exist? But. Yeah. Can't book <laughs> any trips, can't make any plans. And it's like that's what I do. I book trips, I make plans. <laughs> I think about the future. I go do things. I do things. <laughs> yeah. That's and then tough. I listen, I listen to so many people and saying like, Oh, this is the perfect time to learn, you know, like take workshops or whatever. But in my head, I'm like, what am I going to use this skill for? Like, I don't know. Like I, cause I couldn't see an endpoint to this. So it felt useless to me. It's like, I don't want to take, you know, how to do this kind of photography. And then that time never comes, you know, <laughs> we're just like yeah. stuck in the reality of COVID. I don't know for how long. So um, so that one was really tough. Yeah. Dang. But I'm doing, I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing I, a lot better now. <laughs> it obviously seems like it. You that, seem that was, like you're doing was, well. That was just the first two weeks. Yeah. Uh, we got to clarify. You're <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I only want good vibes here, Brody. <laughs> Best yeah, bringing me down. <laughs> what was it for you that helped you kind of get out of that funk? Honestly, just talking it out with Emily. Cause I, I, the first, the first week, like I just kept it to myself and um, I told Emily finally to like, I, I finally, I just kept comparing myself to you and mm-hmm. like, and that's when we started becoming independent. And I felt like she was judging me too, based on like, cause I wasn't doing anything yeah. and then she was doing a lot or more like I was judging myself, which I never, I never care about judgment before, which is weird and that, <laughs> uh, thing too. But, um, but yeah, it just got better when we talked it out and, uh, I was able to like voice it with Emily. Emily was able to accept that and, um, it felt good to just like, you know, if I have the, if I want to help her out in the garden, like I would, and we ended up doing a whole project which which I ended up really enjoying because we made a fire pit in the back oh, and, cool. um, stuff like that. So when, when I see progress, that's when I start getting better. 
but before like there was no progress like you said it was stuck like I was stuck I couldn't move I couldn't do anything so you've kind of already said it but I wonder if there's been things that you've learned about yourself from this Mm. slowing down space that you maybe wouldn't have learned without it um I think it's okay to not know the future uh it's okay to just be in the present which I had a hard time uh putting myself in because why would I want to put myself in the present if the present sucks (laughs) (laughs) and I'm I'm just trying to avoid that so much by thinking about the future but there's no future to think about so there is no it was really weird (laughs) um so yeah it's okay to like um like I don't know be in the present be in the moment take it all in even though it's like I, I don't know. Like, I think once this is all over, I'm going to miss having all the time that we have yeah. at home. Yeah. Um, we're going to start traveling again. So I, I try to keep telling myself that in, in, in a positive way that like, it's okay to be home. It's okay to like, you know, tend, your, tend to your garden or mm-hmm. uh, just hang out with Emily at home and stuff like that. So, okay, you guys, we got to move on. We do. This has been oh, so man. fun. Thank so you so much. You guys. Yeah. We miss you guys. So oh, we miss you guys. We got to do a marriage Enneagram episode. Oh, <laughs> Relationships. Yeah. That'd be crazy. It's a joy talking to you guys. It's so fun. I'm yeah. really excited to hear this episode. All right. Bye, you guys. Bye. 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 Hi, my name is Sedona. I am talking to you guys from Seattle, Washington, and I am an Enneagram 7. Sed and I know each other from, I grew up, we both grew up in Sacramento, Fair Oaks, and we know each other from when we were younger, and then we both now live in Seattle. So it's fun. SPU folks. SPU folks, but we both went to SPU, but then we both went to the same church growing up. Right. Yeah. Okay, so... Did she go to the camp too? Hume Lake? Yeah. Hume Lake. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I bet you have stories. (laughs) We'll do a whole episode on Hume Lake someday. Oh, my gosh. That would be crazy town. (laughs) Okay, said... So I guess the first question we're asking folks is, when did you first discover your number? When did you first come across the Enneagram? What was that process like for you? Yeah, I first like was kind of introduced to the Enneagram like last winter. So during my junior year of college and I originally mistyped as a two. I don't know. I just felt like I was catering to the needs of other people more than taking care of myself. And so I think that part of the two really resonated with me. Yeah. Um, But I think about a year ago, kind of like moving into spring and summer of last year, I was like... Uh, I remember I was in Colorado with a friend and she was reading the road back to you. And she was like, said, you should read this chapter on the seven. Like, I just really like every time I read it, I think of you. And I was like, oh, okay. And I read it and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like I wrote this about myself. This is crazy. Um, and I like came home and talked to, I have a bunch of roommates that are like obsessed with Enneagram stuff. And so I came back and talked to them about it. And they're like, we've known you were seven the whole time. <laughs> we're just waiting for you to figure it out. <laughs> um, so that was like about a year ago. And I think ever since then, I very much like resonated with the seven vibes. Yeah. I feel like I remember you DMing me about how the instinctual variants were really helpful too and kind of understanding your seven. Super helpful. What is your dominant instinctual variant? Um, Social, which is the counter type for the seven. Okay. Um, But I remember reading about that and a lot of like, resources were saying that social seven sometimes mistype as a two Hmm. just because of their tendencies to like looking out for other people and not Mm -hmm. necessarily like prioritizing their needs. Um, I could see how that was helpful. That's helpful. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
I guess let's get right into the situation of COVID. The situation. The situation of COVID. We're about eight weeks oh. in to the shelter in place in Seattle. Um, and I guess just for people out there, what is your current situation? How has life changed, not changed, et cetera? Oh, man. Um, current situation, I live in a house with six other people. So there's wow. seven of us here, which, yeah, okay, wow. But also for me, that's like a lifesaver in a situation <laughs> like this. Um I'm very extroverted. So it's nice. Like there's always like someone to talk to or something going on or like something stimulating happening. And it's really easy for me to just like grab a friend and be like, Hey, do this thing with me or like walk into a room and have a conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that aspect, it's been really nice. Um, it is like the same seven people for two months now. And so the part of me that's like, I want to see other people and like, do other things is struggling with that (laughs) (laughs) in terms of like how my life has changed. Um, I was student teaching in a first grade classroom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, almost two months ago, my school shut down indefinitely and now we're close to the remainder of the year. Um, so we've been doing like remote online learning esque sort of things. Uh, but we don't do anything synchronous or asynchronous with our class. It's just Mm -hmm. like, providing resources and materials and kind of allowing families to decide what works best for them and their kids. Yeah. Um, but that's really taken all of the joy and reward out of teaching. Um, like not having actual interactions and not getting to see my students and like watch them have aha moments. And so teaching is a lot less fun when you don't get to do it in a room with kids. I'm sure Macy knows that. Yeah. It feels like it's not meant to be done this way in a lot of, it's like, this is obviously not how we're, we learn best, especially with younger kids. Yeah. They're sweet teachers. I know. You really care. You really care. (laughs) We we do love the kiddos. (laughs) What about your running? For people listening out there, you ran a hundred miles in one week. And one of those days was a 26.2 marathon. I felt yeah. so inspired just watching it. <laughs> what, did she make a story very, or something? <laughs> yeah, you posted on your stories, like, here's the routes. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I should I, go I on a walk. Accountable. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know if we'll leave this in, but what was your route? For like, the I'm marathon? Curious. Yeah. Um, I literally just ran out my front door and ran on the Burke for, like, 26 miles until I stopped. And then my roommate picked me up on the side of the road. That's awesome. And, where was I like Redmond? That's yeah, awesome. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I've always it had a dream really of doing fun. that, like running a marathon and being low key about it and just coming home for dinner and being like, ran a marathon. Yeah. No big deal. It was like a very like forced gump moment. Like mm. I didn't, I like knew I wanted to go for, I was doing my hundred mile week and I was like, my long run needs to be kind of epic. Like if I'm going to do hundred miles in a week, like my long run needs to be the longest run I've done. And so I left and was like, it'd be super sweet if I could run like 18 miles. Like that would be crazy. And then, like, 10 miles into my run, I was like, I think I'm just going to, like, run a marathon. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love that. I love like, that. it's like Gump. He's like, oh, I yeah. thought I'd just run to the end of the road. And then when I Keep got going. to the end of the road, I thought I'd run to the next town. Yeah. And then so-and-so. And I just kept running till I was done. Run, Sedona, run. And it was, so. it was honestly really fun. Huh. <laughs> That's awesome. For other sevens out there who are listening, do you have any just words of advice, advice or encouragement to those out there? in quarantine? I think one thing I've noticed with me is my like emotions have been very, like very high highs and very low lows. Mm. But like, I don't, the way I reach a high isn't the same way I reach a low. So like, I kind of like feel like I have a really 
steady buildup. And then I'm like riding high for a few days, like feeling like myself, like Mm -hmm. energized and excited about things. But then like, it can be like the flip of a switch. And like within two hours, I'm just like rock bottom. The world is over. Mm. Like everything is so sad. Mm. Um, And I don't know like if that's just how I've chosen to deal with my emotions or not. But I think like just having grace for yourself Mm -hmm. in those low moments and understanding that there is a lot to mourn right now and that um, like it is difficult and it's okay to feel those things. Um, And then like relying not relying on other people, but like making that known to other people. Yeah. If that's something you're comfortable with and just like being authentic in the hard spaces. Yeah. So good. So good. Sedona wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Good to see you guys. Bye. Yeah. Sad. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Hi, I'm Scott. I'm calling from Green Lake in Seattle. And my Enneagram type is a seven. I am a seven. A very happy, enthusiastic seven. Uh, A golden (laughs) retriever. Oh. You've got golden golden retriever energy. (laughs) Right now, yes. Because I'm thinking about uh, doing some stand-up paddleboarding later in the day. So that's got me stoked. I, I feel like, Scott, you are a quintessential seven. So many things that you say, sometimes I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's just saying all the things. And it's just the energy. It's the energy, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Thank playful, you. I think that's playful, positive, oh, curious. The biggest of compliments. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes positive. Not always. How are, you, how are you doing in quarantine as a seven? I, Katie, Katie thought it was funny that I had not planned a response here. But I feel like I, I didn't really need to because one of the one of the things that comes to mind I've been thinking about since the beginning, and uh, one of those things is I, it has felt like a big change from just the normal life um, is that there's kind of been a chance for me to give myself permission to slow down, which is really hard, and I am really bad at giving myself that kind of permission. Um, so. Usually, I think in in day to day, I would have to like earn the right to relax, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and and that usually came in the form of a run because I love I love running and I love I love uh, especially like trail running where you can get out there for a few hours and then I'm just so tired and I'm like okay I'm allowed to relax I don't know why but. Um, being forced to stay in a small space is good for slowing down. Even my voice is slowing down as I say that. Good <laughs> for everything. Everything slows down. down. Um, I just—it's hard because there's always such. It, there's so many mixed emotions. I so many mixed emotions. I think everyone probably relates in some ways, and. I don't know what Katie said in her interview, but, you know, Katie was put on furlough for her job. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially like losing your job and all these people around us are losing their jobs and are being put in danger. And at the same time, there's, there was in the first kind of stage of it, this feeling of a, of a break and a feeling of kind of a pause and a slowdown. And, um, all these things like are coming together and it's hard to sort out that swirl in my mind. Um, 
That's one answer. <laughs> Let's do five answers. <laughs> five answers. Uh, well, I mean, how, how, are you, how are you spending your time mostly? I'm constantly running through the list of possible things to do. And it's a really short list. So, for, and, it, and everyone has different stuff that they do. But for me, my list is go trail running. And then the follow-up is where do I go trail running? And there's like nowhere to go trail running. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next thing is, should I play guitar right now? And then the next thing is, can I play video games right now? Would that annoy Katie? And then the next, <laughs> and then the next thing is, should I be working right now? Cause it's the work day. <laughs> and I hope none of my employers are listening. And, um, and, and then like, that's the list. And I, and I restart it and I'm kind of constantly okay, back to, should I go trail running? Yeah. Or like, well, oh, like what's something new? Comic so, books. Yeah. Figurines. Exactly. All of it. Like that's the other two. Yeah. That's the whole list. <laughs> um, <laughs> you guys know me. And, and so like something like paddleboarding is really exciting because it's something out of the norm or the current norm. And that gets me really excited because it's like, whoa, the list has a new item on it. <gasps> we can do You're, it. It seems like it'd be really easy to social distance paddleboarding too. So that's nice. It is. Yeah, it is nice. Gosh, um, do you have any <laughs> advice for sevens, Scott, to, for during quarantine? Mm-hmm. Continue to know what it's like to give permission to slow down. Hmm. Um, I, I feel like I are, I already feel that I keep saying permission. I think I like that word. It's good. Like I'm really giving, it's like, there's this second part of me that is like controlling my forward motion. And that part usually is like, go, 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 go. And now it's like that part of me is saying, it's okay. Like slow down a little bit. I already feel that part of it kind of ramping back up into go, go, go. And I don't know why. Hmm. And so my advice to myself and maybe to other sevens would be uh, like, uh, keep that voice telling you to be, that's okay to go slow. That's good. It's okay to slow down. And you don't, you don't have to earn rest. Um, That's my advice. Enneagram type five, the investigator, the thinker, the innovator, the observer, the specialist, the radical, the expert. Basic fear of being helpless, useless, incapable, overwhelmed. Basic desire to be capable and competent. Super ego message. You are good or okay if you have mastered something. Michaela, I'm calling from Seattle, and I'm a five. Five's in the house. I think this is this the first five we've talked to in the thing. It is. Yes, the first five. So fun. Okay. Do you know if you're? Do you know your variant? Oh yeah. What very very strong self pres leading, <laughs> and then and then one to one, and then social very okay. blind social. You and me both. You and me are They're both our social blind. blind. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Because we've been saying this today of like a six is six, a four is four, like a self-pressed five, I think is a five, 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 a true five, whatever that means, you know? Um, when did you first get into the Enneagram? 
Oh, I think it's, I think it was January of last year, maybe a little bit before. And I got deeply obsessed. I I didn't know if I was ever going to come out, honestly, (laughs) but I'm kind of, I'm kind of like got my head out of it a little bit now. And I just, it's kind of another um, lens I see through and not quite as much of an obsession. You need to come up we for air. You know, both of us, we need to come up for air sometimes with the Enneagram. Yeah. Did you know right away you were a five? Yes. I first heard about the Enneagram on a podcast and um, they were just talking about the types and they started talking about five and I just started laughing because it was very <laughs> obvious. What, what, what was it that stood out about the five to you that caught your attention initially? Uh, lots of things. Um, I just have a very strong need to understand things and to dig very deep and see every angle of everything. And um, it's also just kind of being exhausted by the world and always monitoring every resource (laughs) that I have, mostly like an energy and social energy, all the different types of energy. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much, probably other things too, but no, yeah, no, no, I could tear up just hearing it though. It's like, <laughs> yes, all those things. Absolutely. Kindred spirits. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the things you say, Scott, I'm yeah. like right there with you. <laughs> I think, I think I, 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 I just want to get like, I, we won't go too far in this, but like, I think. I I was so far into trying to be different for so long when I read about five, I was like, Oh, like this is a valid way to exist. Like I was, I thought so much that I was supposed to be not like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of a uh, relief in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Relief. Oof. Ah, okay. What's the question? question Um, How has your life changed since COVID? What's, what's, um well you guys were asking what my job was in the last um podcast um it's kind of like a complicated situation but i uh for the last couple years i worked with uh students who just moved to the states from other countries uh, mostly refugees and immigrants Mm. um at, at a school at a middle school and um welcoming them in and helping them kind of get their bearings and start to learn english um, and then beginning of last year, I decided to get certified so I could be an ELL specialist. Um, and so I was in that, I was doing that. I had everything done, got my teaching certificate, my bachelor's, and I was working on my endorsement and I had all my classes done except 30 hours of a practicum and got approved the same day that all the schools closed. Oh, um, so kind of everything came to a grinding halt. Cause I can't, you know, I can't finish my degree and I was going to start subbing as soon as I finished. So just kind of everything mm. stopped. Mm. Dang. I'm sorry to hear that. I can, That's hard. I can semi relate of just all the plans are now out the, out the door. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you feel like your number has influenced your experience of COVID, because I imagine it's a very different experience than stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I said I was a self prez five, and I think one thing that means for me a lot is uh, home is extremely important to me. It's kind of the place where I can 
just come back from the world and recharge. I think for me, I experienced the world as pretty overwhelming and um, just kind of constantly feel bombarded by people and obligations. And uh, it's, yeah, so just like being home is, is super important. So like when this first happened, I, I don't know how else to say it except that I had like a profound release. And that sounds really weird, but like, uh, it feels like it felt like at least at the beginning, like for weeks, just, I was recovering from like a decade of being out in the world. And, um, I almost like had this like kind of like sneaky joy every time I heard that the stay home order got extended. (laughs) It's so funny. Scott is nodding his head so hard. Yeah. Uh, and that sounds really bad to say, but it's, it's, I just, it's like a snow day when you're in the middle of everything. And then, you know, when it snows here, everything stops and people have to slow down. And it's just like this surprise holiday. You just have a break from everything and um, there's no obligations and there's no places you have to be. And mm. I can't tell you how thankful I am for all like the events. I didn't have to go to all these weddings that were, I don't have to go to and baby showers. And, you know, like this, <laughs> I was joking the other day with Steph and Julian about like, you know how they have the phases in Washington. Phase two is like, you can see five people, I think. Mm-hmm. And you can like do some more outside stuff and whatever. And I'm like, I was joking. I'm like, I think I want to be in phase two the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all stay there. Perfect. Let's stop phase two. Five people. <laughs> That's uh, ideal. I don't know why I would need to see more than yeah. five at a time. Yeah. But no. I do. I, we had a climbing trip planned. Uh, we'd be there right now, actually. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's like everything else. Well, the staying home stuff. It's been great, but the climbing is like deep sadness. <laughs> it's very hard. It's yeah. very hard to grapple with. Yeah. Um, do you want to do some advice for fives, Michaela? Uh, sure. I'll try. Okay. Um, well, one thing I was thinking about is um, I'm, I'm in a really weird like housing situation. I actually just moved a um, week and a half ago mm. to Seattle. I had to leave my apartment in Tacoma like super fast and with school and work and housing and all this stuff, I just kind of constantly find myself trying to figure everything out. And, um, sometimes it's just not possible. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, I'm just, I guess I would encourage people to, um, stop trying to solve everything and, try to just be where you are. Um, go outside. <laughs> it helps. And um, for fives, I would say enjoy because <laughs> this is a huge treat for the most part. Indulge. <laughs> Soak it up. Yeah. Man, yeah. stop trying to solve everything. It's so hard. <laughs> so but, but I've been put on this earth to figure it all out. <laughs> yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Man, you guys, this is so fun. So, so fun. Thank you so much for I'm doing great. this. We got to feel like we're friends. I feel the oh, same way. Sure. I feel the same way. Absolutely. Let's do it again. Oh, and let's go to Leavenworth when it all opens up. We'll go climbing. Please. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> this is Sean. I am, uh, 
live on Bainbridge Island. And um, I'm an Enneagram 5 wing 4. Bam. Nice. And, and one of my best friends. Known each other since college? Yep. Yeah. Oh. 98. Connected at the head and heart level very quickly, Sean and me. <laughs> and so that yeah. means you guys, besties, and the same number. Yeah, isn't that And nuts? wing. Mm-hmm. It's really crazy that that's how it worked out. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're not the same. We're, there's a lot of differences. There's a lot of differences. Maybe how yeah. you do with our variants. Maybe you have to do with our upbringings. But we're both PKs. Wow. Yeah. A lot going on. That's we're, so- both, we're both uh, firstborns yep. of three siblings. Mm-hmm. And five so there's a lot fours. of there's a lot of co- coinc- there's a lot of things that are the same too. A lot of similarities. That's funny. Did you hear about the enneagram through Scott or from somewhere else? I I think I was the first one to share the enneagram you know, with Scott. We're oh. kind of getting to an origins thing here because oh. everybody we've talked to today has been the one we've been the ones that shared. And like yeah. I had done some light enneagram study and had probably identified my number through a test. But then, I mean, Marissa mentioned this in her episode, which was like a big deep dive for me was going to Sean's house and he had the wisdom. So I'd never seen that. Sean had the wisdom. (laughs) He had the wisdom of the Enneagram. And so that was like, uh, for us, that was like, that that was just like a nerd fest. Like we (laughs) sat and read it out loud to each other for like three hours. And Kirk was there that night and we had a bunch of whiskey and a fireplace and and a fire. (laughs) In the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> and we went through and, and very quickly diagnosed everybody in our friend group. Yeah, we were laughing so hard. We were thinking we were, we were thinking about different people and trying to read it through their lens. and Figuring it out. Yeah. That's pretty fun. So at that night, were you guys both like, we're five wing fours? I think so. That's so Yeah, maybe. I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah. I mean, I definitely... Think- I didn't know. I, I thought I was literally the first person to share any of that with you, but I, I hadn't heard that you had already heard about it and had looked at it a little bit. I think I so had already had enough enough um, sort of baseline mm. understanding coming into that night. Maybe the wisdom what, what was was new the new thing. Oh, for that sure. Right. I hadn't seen anything that in-depth yet. Yeah, it probably... I mean, I it, was, yeah. it was kind of coming in I Christian see. circles as like this personality thing, and it was like yeah. well, alongside strength finders. And it was really frustrating because yeah. Sean had had the wisdom, which you can't, there's no e-copy online. So <laughs> I wanted to go home and immediately look at it myself, but he had the copy, that physical <laughs> copy. I couldn't get it. <laughs> oh, man. Sean's a therapist too, everybody. A licensed therapist out here in the world. Psychotherapist. Psychotherapist. Yeah. Sometimes it's helpful to clarify that. Should we get right into it? We should. What's the first question? I always get it wrong. How do you feel like your Enneagram number being a five has influenced your experience of quarantine? I think, I mean, I think on one hand, I do feel more free to rest and relax and not make any plans and be home. Um, I wouldn't say that that's been necessarily stressful because I think I would do a pretty good job of just saying no if I didn't want to go out or do something. Um, So I don't feel pressure to go didn't feel pressure, a lot of pressure to do things I didn't want to do before. Um, but now there's no, there's nothing happening. There's nobody, <laughs> there's nothing coming through the, uh, you know, coming through to ask me to do something that I want to do. So my wife's home with our daughters, our daughters are home from school. That's probably the biggest change actually. Um, there's a lot more to manage. My wife, Laura 
hasn't been able to have her space as much. So she's a little more stressed, a little more on edge. And that's hard to come home to sometimes after working. Um, but we've been, we've been having to communicate a lot more, uh, directly and often. And that's, that's helped. I feel like you going to work. I, I am a hundred percent on board with you being essential services. I also think it's a, it's sort of a five move in the sense that you do get to go on the ferry boat, have your time, be in your office. And and I feel like a lot of people have said for fives in particular, quarantine has not changed things that much because in so many (laughs) ways, fives have already paced their lives the way they want with the type of social interaction that they want. That's probably exactly right for me. And and since I was essential, I could just, yeah, I would take the boat over to Seattle three times a week. And the only day that I was still just staying home was Wednesday. But then I, I'm now, I'm now back, uh, going into the city on Wednesdays too now. So, um, so Monday through Thursday, I'm on the ferry. I have a little bit of downtime. Um, I have some space even before I start work in my office. It's pretty nice. I'm fine. (laughs) <laughs> I'm fine, everybody. I'm this doing is, well. This is the fives message. <laughs> I, know. I know so many people are so anxious and frustrated, and I know everybody does need some personal people time, and um, so I, I found yes. my ways to have that too. Yeah. So yeah. I even literally, I even thought there was a boat for sale on oh. the on, at the at the marina, twenty thousand dollars, an old boat. That <laughs> would thought, be so cool. Maybe I'll buy this boat and just see people on the boat. Um, this is it. <laughs> this is the. This is. I mean, I know you're just Sean, but this is the five. This there is a feeling about being up in your office, up, up, up. You're up in your office, door closed, a boat, an island, sealed I'm off. off I'm away. up in the area. I'm off. I'm up on the fourth floor. I have a vaulted ceiling. Um, it's like a an eagle's eyrie, and. <laughs> And then a, a boat, a boat would allow me to even like <laughs> leave dock for like a little bit and get off into the bay. Yes. You can't come and out. Probably there's something about the, the practicalness of having to heat that boat and buy gas was probably too, too much. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's um, it was tight. It was enticing for sure. So I'm a five. Yeah, you definitely are. <laughs> I, I would, it'd be interesting for to hear, hear you reflect though a little bit on, uh, I mean, the idea of being a therapist combined with the four wing, like I, I do feel like you are five who also happens to be very in tune with his emotions. Like even before we start a lot of time, a lot of, a lot of work to get, get more, more uh, convinced that that need was important. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that's similar to the both of us with the five wing four that people will say is, um, like when we decide to live into our emotions or get in touch with our emotions or express our emotions, it feels sort of clunky or unnatural. Yeah, yeah it does. It, it, I, it, there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of second guessing. Yeah. I think. And, and feeling amb- ambivalent about it. Yeah. It almost, does that sound right for you? Yeah. And almost uh, scared. It feels out of control. Yeah. A lot of fear. Yeah. A lot of fear about what, what it will mean, what will happen now. Yeah. And then what's somebody going to do with it if you express it to another person? Yeah. Yeah. A- absolutely. A lot of fear of rejection. You're naming oh. it. You're saying it. Look at you guys. <laughs> you guys are doing great. It's grown middle-aged men out here still trying <laughs> to get their emotions. Yeah. Still working it out. Always working it out. Well, 
one we're gonna end up, we're gonna wrap it up because we just been powering okay. through interviews but um crazy i i, I we, we've been ending with advice that you would have for other fives out there and you could mm. say advice for fives or just people in general as a five and as a therapist i mean you might yeah. be the only mm. therapist we have on this episode i think maybe yeah kind of cool psychotherapist huh. the, uh, yeah. advice for going through the covid season Oh, I don't like advice. Yeah, okay. Okay. that's a great, that's words, a great twist. Words of encouragement? Encouragement? Stock um, phrases of encouragement? <laughs> ooh, I, I think probably I'd say any and all emotions are okay. Any and all emotions are okay and are necessary. And that you don't necessarily have to share them for them to be um, validated. Hmm. Don't have to... Um, act out for them to be validated. You don't have to act angry if you're feeling angry. You don't have to act sad if you're feeling sad. These feelings are separate on their own. And they're good. And they're important. That's good for both of us, I think. I almost feel like I'm like a little kid that's being scolded (laughs) in a good way. I fully feel that. No. Yeah, that's that's what I would say. That's that's been helpful for me. (laughs) That's really good. That's good. That's really good because it's a clarity on sort of this idea of like emotional intelligence. Mm. Like as somebody that's really still trying to work on that, I, I, I don't, I don't feel practiced in when I should be expressing and how, and it's nice to have that permission to be like, yeah, you can feel it. And just because you're feeling it doesn't mean you need to be full angry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's still there and it's acting on it. It doesn't make it doesn't prove that it's there. It can be there without that. Yeah, that was one of the biggest, I think, experiences for me to realize that I could be angry or I could be any of the emotions that I feel and not have to act those feelings out um, for them to still matter and mm. be understood and, and, and heard. So I, they always just got paired together. And I think that's part of our Christian upbringing, um, that there's this idea that, that you can't it's going it, to, all the feelings lead to acting that, that, that are bad to, to behaviors that are bad. Um, and so just, you have to stop feeling that that was the, that was the takeaway. Ooh, come on, Christians. Come it's on. messy, messy. Come on, messy. Christians. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man, this is so good. That's it. I'm so grateful yeah. that you took the time yeah, thanks, to be able Sean. to do it. Love you, man. Okay. Thank you guys. Okay. Right. See you guys. Bye. Okay. I'm Scott. I'm, uh, here in Seattle with my friend Macy, and I'm an Enneagram 5. Okay, and do you want to say your subtype and your wing? Oh, yeah, yeah. I am a sexual, self-pres, social, five-wing four. There yeah. it is. Heavy four-wing. Heavy four-wing. You and I have some... One-to-one for sure. Interesting discussions about what, what wings are, or if you even believe in wings. I just think there's a lot of different wing theory out there we can't get into these rabbit holes on this interview should i ask you the questions we've been asking people okay so scott when did you first (laughs) discover the enneagram as briefly as you can this is so funny and when did you feel like oh i'm a five oh yeah i mean we've we've honest obviously answered this question on the podcast before but for those maybe that are listening for the first time um i think i started engaging with the enneagram about three years ago thought i was a four initially um, but then when I really deep dive fives and discovered their hyper focus on their monitoring of their battery life and energy, I knew that was it. Did you, do you think you maybe wanted to be a four? Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's why I think probably unintentionally I've been cultivating the four wing. Yeah. My but your motivation life. is for sure five driven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. guy's counting his energy yeah. like no one's business. Yeah. And then when I hear you talk about like being a four and there's certain tendencies that you have where I'm like, no, nope. Like seeking out the highs and lows. I'm not doing that. I don't want highs and lows. Yeah. Um, I know. Well, I'll, talk about or- a, I'll talk about a day and situation. And I, to me, I'm like, this was the best. All these things that went so yeah. crazy. I'm like, that's awesome. And you're like, nope, no, no thank no, no, you. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I, I would have liked, as I was reading about the four, you know, obviously like the introspection and the depth and the creativity and the uniqueness. And um, I like that. I like the idea of being unique. Uh, I like the idea of standing out and being deep and artsy and stuff like that. But and I that can is, like that. That and is still so be much a, a part of you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So what has your life been like ever since COVID kind of happened here? <laughs> I love these questions. These are, this is so interesting because we're kind of at the tail end of our interviews. Yeah. So this will be situated in the middle of our episode, obviously, but like, um, it was really, I was getting choked up talking with Michaela the other night because out of all the interviews, she really named how I feel and mm. would get it, you know, which is I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I don't feel cooped up. I don't feel like I have cabin fever. Um, I definitely enjoy it. I definitely like a full like excuse or like a, a reason, a permission slip of sorts to be like, you don't have to go out and you can't, and there's no... There's no, I mean, the thing is, is that like, I like as a one-to-one, I do like going out to like drinks or dinner with someone Mm -hmm. and talking, you know, like, um, that's nice. Like you and I went and got ramen before all this went down. That was a nice, fun time, you know? So I miss that sort of thing. I miss going to like a bar at night with a, with a buddy and talking and stuff like that. And kind of the, the chatter and the vibe of a bar, Mm -hmm. you know, but, um, I don't miss like gathering in people's homes. Oh, you know, I, gathering in people's homes is like the most fraught for me as a, as somebody that has self pres in my stacking. Cause it's like, I get really paranoid about like, who's here? What kind of food are we eating? When is the food coming? Why aren't they playing music in the background? I don't like the vibes here. They don't seem to be b- taking hosting very seriously. I need to leave. <laughs> when, are, when, when can I leave? When can I it, leave? it does feel being in someone's home that, leaving is a little bit less certain than going Mm -hmm. to a restaurant or something. Mm -hmm. You're a little bit more in control if Mm -hmm. you're at a bar or a restaurant. Now, having said that, I would prefer to go to someone's house than have them come to my house because I can leave someone's house ultimately. Right. It's harder to ask someone to leave your house. Yeah. So this whole situation is like, we can't host anyone. No no gatherings are hosted. (laughs) So there's like, and they're all at the table and you get like, it's just a closed door. <laughs> I know. It's so nice. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, for the fives that are listening, if it's cathartic and I, I wonder if they, they relate to this. It's just like, I think I've come to terms with the idea that, that like, um, I don't have, I rarely if ever feel like the time alone or by myself is too much or that I'm filled up. I, re- hmm. I rarely come away feeling like, wow, that was that was filling. Now I do this. It's like, I could do this all day, all the time by myself staring off. 
I mean, of course I love coming here and I mean, it's like, I do love spending time with a person, but like, I also don't mind spending time by myself. Right. It's, it's this idea that you're not itching to leave that space. So it's like, you do totally enjoy when it happens seeing people, but I do, I wonder if for you, it's also just the external noise of while you do like going and hanging out with people, I wonder if the logistics of figuring it out in the, the like going to that place is that's the energy cost. Yeah. The, the buildup or, you know? or the like noise around you that there's the expectation that you should be doing it. Yeah. Like if it's driven by like as friends, we see each other and we hang out, you know, that's what it is to be a friend. I wonder if like dealing with all of that shenanigans is some of the energy cost that just makes it easier to not want to engage in it. Yeah. It's really interesting thing about like a five when I was like in college And again, you do things that you assume everybody else is doing. Yeah. But I remember like if it was going to be a party at my private Christian school, so it's not like a crazy party, but like, uh, you know, it it would involve staying up late typically as a college student and we're probably thinking like two or three in the morning. And I do remember if, if, if if a party was coming, I would start planning two to three days out and I would make sure I stayed up really late the night before and slept in heavy. So your body was like ready to yeah. do that. I was so intentional about it, but I That's thought so everybody's funny. doing that. Like, you know, <laughs> I was not doing yeah, that. I, I, the, the idea of getting tired mid party is like panic button because, because, because to a certain extent it, it's like, I'm like a facade. It's almost like Cinderella or like for some reason, the first thing that comes to my mind is this teen wolf. Yeah. Like when he turns into a wolf or something and it's wearing off and he's turning, I don't know, something like that. Or it's like, I, I, I'm like for the night I'm turning into a seven. You know, and and then and then the potion's starting to wear off. I'm like, oh no, I'm turning back into a five. They're gonna see it. I'm not here for this. It's requiring so much energy. I don't care. I don't even want to laugh. I don't want to dance. I don't want to do any of these things. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. sit. And they're gonna see it. And they're, you're gonna be exposed because you've you were mentioning this in another interview of like you were putting on the face of totally, a seven for totally. so much of your life. Yeah, yeah. It's all. I think the thing that just came to mind is like polyjuice potion. Like I'm taking seven poly juice yeah. and then all of a sudden it's wearing off. And all of a like, sudden you're like, <laughs> oh, no, you're out of here. Out. <laughs> Gosh, no, I definitely was probably one of those people at a sleepover who was cranking it up late yeah. at night yeah, yeah. and like loving that we're all here and a little crazy. <laughs> and like, I for sure loved the next day following a sleepover of like no sleep. It's like a bad day, but a good day at the same time. That like no. extreme sleepiness. No. So yeah, quarantine, I think <laughs> I've... Uh, the tangent. To a certain extent, the, the meme of the five and all these Instagram posts and stuff is that nothing much has changed. Yeah. And I feel like that's true for you. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that's changed is like... Well, I, f- I feel like a few things have changed. We've been able to do more podcasts totally. because I am not working, Yeah, you know, so that's been cool. But I'm still spending time down in my office by myself in the yeah. morning. I, I, usually, I usually take about an hour to wake up. I get my coffee. I stare out. I just stare. Has it, been, has it been hard having the family all around? Like normally, because you've now kind of moved into a space of working from home. Right. So you kind of are already headed in this direction to kind of be ready for quarantine. Right. I have a very, I mean, I have a very privileged space in the sense that I have like kind of, we had a game room in our house that we've turned into my office and it's a big spacious by myself space, like downstairs away from everybody. And I can yeah. close the door. It's got a big, and I got my own deck back there. So sorry. I, I mean, it is like pretty nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, everybody leaves me alone. I get my stuff done down there, you know? 
Yeah, I do feel like your family respects and knows that you need yeah. that. So that's that's really nice. Yeah, I mean, compared to the other people, I'm I'm just not like I'm not like disoriented. I'm I'm enjoying it ultimately. I mean, I've got my I know, own issues. I like in life. resent that sometimes. When I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you're like, uh, I'm actually loving this, and I. Now that we're in it for like eight weeks, I am a little bit like, I don't know how to go back. Yeah. You know, I'm nervous for the going back. But yeah, there's part of me that I think in the beginning was both you and Ruben are like, it's fine. This Mm -hmm. is great. I think Mm -hmm. I was like, that's so annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Have you learned anything about yourself? Oh, wow. What a question, right? Um, um, Something I think I've learned about myself is that perhaps some of my like everyday anxiety isn't due to some of the external things I attribute it to that. Like it's no surprise, but I do think some of my low grade anxiety is just from my spinning mind. Mm -hmm. And I was reading this book that was talking about, and I told you this already about, um, so like meditations on darkness and the person was saying, whatever wakes you up at night when you're by yourself and keeps you up is like the thing you're trying to run away from. And I don't, I didn't quite relate in the sense that I have like these deep underlying fears that wake me up in the night, but I I find myself often waking up around five ruminating on something that happened 10 years ago and I'm mad Mm -hmm. about it. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, Oh, that person said this and then I should have said, and I can't believe they thought this. And I've got, I'm building up an argument in my head and I can't fall back asleep. And I'm like, it's it's not an external thing. It's not because of this person or this circumstance. I have, I've got to like find continue to find ways to settle down my mind Mm -hmm. that aren't like, you know, alcohol or something, you know, it's like, I've got to continue to learn to meditate, to, to let it, to let things settle and to know what my mind is, know what to do with my mind when it's spinning. I wonder if in those situations, like there is some underlying subconscious thing with those people that you're in these arguments with, like, is there, is there a missing piece to your relationship that needs? Like, yeah, it's that. But I, I can also wake up in the middle of the night and start thinking about like Rush Limbaugh. And I'm like, I can't believe he said this thing. On that's so illogical. How could somebody <laughs> possibly think that? You know, it's like it's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so funny. Yeah. Oh my god. You know, it really gets to me. Or the fact that like Tucker Carlson's out there saying things, and like I'll go through the news cycle each morning, and then I'm like, okay, let's do it. I'm gonna like I'm gonna click on Fox News. Yeah. And they're not, the headlines are nothing in my mind that have anything to do with reality. I'm like, this is an alternate universe. Yeah. This is an alternate universe. They're not putting anywhere on any headline, a picture of Trump at the mask factory without a mask. They're not drawing attention to that, <laughs> you know? And it's like, and then I just get mad. I'm like, Fox news. <laughs> and I have to think about it. And And then, of course, I go, am I the crazy one? Am I living in an alternate universe? What if Fox News is the right? And I have to stop and think about that for a second. I mean, (laughs) I think we all all go through that process at some times. Although this does reveal just different focuses attention in life. Like, I don't have that kind of... I cannot relate to most of what you just spoke about, which is so fascinating. But I do have to stop and go, are you going to solve anything? Is anything in your life, in your heart, Hmm. in your psyche, in the world going to be solved by meditating and thinking about this right now? No. You're not, nobody is going to benefit from you sitting and steaming about Fox News. Right. Like, like (laughs) your internal argument at five in the morning isn't, that's so funny. I mean, I also learn, and and we might talk about this on the podcast next week, like, the people in my life that I've spent the most time with on the one hand, you know, I hope benefit from 
sort of a, a richness and depth to relationship with me. Yeah. On the other hand, the flip side of that is like you said, fixation. So like if you're, if you're going to get into my orbit for a con- consistent amount of time, you're going to feel the weight of the fixation probably eventually. And so I've even realized that mm. with you doing the mm. podcast or even spending more time with you in quarantine yeah. is like you're, you're getting sucked into the orbit of my one-to-one fixation. And so it's like, yeah, it's fun to spend time with each other and talk, but the talking as you know, isn't leading to a a sense of it's settled. Now I know Macy, it's like, now we're going to go even further and I've got even more questions. Yeah. (laughs) I think both of us, well, and this is, we talk about stances so much, I feel Mm -hmm. like, but this does bring to attention, like you, like fours, fives and nines are what are considered in the withdrawn stance, but also like, past thinking Mm -hmm. like they are past directed and I think sometimes you and I can get into just modes of being where we're both just processing and thinking about the past and it's so reflective and that's so beautiful and we offer that space for each other but then sometimes it's like especially in quarantine because we've been (laughs) like we're the only friends we see or the only people we see outside of our homes that it's like we can get into these spaces of having so much fun processing and then it's like what do How we just is do? this like, is this even helpful? And is it just making it more difficult because there's yeah. more to process now? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's only unraveling more. And I think you and I, like, it's, it's figuring out the balance of when is that fun? And when is that good? And when is that healthy? And when is that potentially damaging and unhealthy and reaches a point where it's maybe not even fun? Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's, it's, that's come up for both of us, I think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Do you have advice and words of encouragement? I, I think fives? I'd say for fives, like w- just go indulge. Like why not enjoy it? Like I, I think, yeah, I think totally. all of us are trying to make sure we're sensitive during these times. Like people are struggling. Like you don't want to just be like, Oh, it's so fun. That sounds so insensitive and privileged. And yet in the history of the world, this is a national crisis. You, you might as well try to find every silver lining you can. You know, you don't have to be sad. And so if you're having fun, have fun. Like, yeah. Like if you're a five out there, who's really finding this to be a good space for you, you don't have to like demonize that. Right. Or feel guilty or yeah. I just think, I just think it's the fives play space now. It's the, it's the, it's sort of like a a utopia. Yeah. The the society has to be structured around this personality type, you know, for, I feel like our structures are sixes, threes, twos. Energy. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so it's like I mean, I'm I'm sexual self-pres, but I have to imagine a self-pres 5, this is prob they're probably having the most fun. This is the most optimal for a self-pres 5. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, I just say enjoy it, y'all. Have fun while it lasts. <laughs> make 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 some make some mental make some uh me- like like try to record it. Yeah. Record how you're spending your time so you can re- look back on how fun it was. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the glory days. Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about that because I think a lot of us were like, oh, it's just going to be a few weeks. And now I'm like, man, I kind of wish I've been making more of a a log of sorts, whether it was through pictures or videos or something. Selfies. Take some selfies. Yeah. I've yeah, been doing a few selfies. But yeah, indulge. That's my advice to fives. I think that's very sweet advice. This has been fun, Macy. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for joining me on this interview. Okay, bye. Leave meeting. 
Enneagram Type 8, the challenger, the leader, the protector, the provider, the entrepreneur, the maverick, the rock. Basic fear of being harmed or controlled by others, of violation. Basic desire to protect themselves, to determine their own course in life. Super ego message. You are good or okay if you are strong and in control of your situation. Hello, everybody. My name is Rebecca. I am an Enneagram 8, and I'm calling from the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, Rebecca. When did you first kind of get into the Enneagram, and what kinds of things kind of made you be like, oh, yeah, I'm an (laughs) 8? Well, I first really got into it when uh, we sat down in the office that one day, and you guys were like, "All right, let's go through the whole test." (laughs) The first potential was that the first day we I met you. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) we're just hanging out in the office. Like, let's do this. First things first. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that took like two hours. Um, Oh gosh, I feel so bad. (laughs) No, that was a lot of fun because I. I had taken the test a couple years earlier and I knew what my number was, but I was like, okay, this is just, you know, one personality test in a stream of personality tests. And then when you guys got really into it and, um, uh, well, this might be one of the ways I know I'm an eight, but you said like, oh, you're a three. No, you're not a three. You're an eight. And I was like, yeah, I took this one time. I know I'm an eight. <laughs> <laughs> and then you guys started reading and you're like, yeah, this is, this is, sounds a little more you. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I don't, I don't like to typically be like, oh, this person's a number, you know, right away. And I, I tend to not be great at first reading folks, but you, it was one of the times where I was like, oh my gosh, the energy and the assertiveness. I was like, I was so here for it as a person who got to work with you. But it was like, oh, you're an eight. <laughs> I know, I know. the 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 office energy shifted dramatically when Rebecca left. <laughs> it's true. Scott and I were like, we need Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Rebecca, what have you for listeners? What have you been up to in the midst of the COVID shelter in place? What's your day to day? So at first, what I was doing was I was volunteering at the food bank a lot. I was getting groceries for people. Um, and I was sleeping a lot and, uh, (laughs) enjoying my newfound freedom. Yeah. And then, uh, we started doing a new ministry at my church where we deliver meals for people. And so I'm the volunteer coordinator for that right now. And so now a lot of my days are either, um, I'm taking an online class through SPU about like the traumatized child. (laughs) Cool. And then when I'm not working, I go roller skating or I play, I do my garden. That's really interesting, though, just thinking about the eight and then you and me in, in like, this, like, doing repressed. Because even Matthew last night, like, this action-oriented... Matthew, we were... Well, before you got on the Zoom last night, Matthew and Macy and Reuben all witnessed a car accident. And, like, without... From our porch. The second one in the past two weeks, the same spot. It was, like, mid-accident, and Matthew had already leapt up and run down the steps towards the accident. No thinking, you know, Macy and Reuben are sitting there being like, 
I don't, should we go down there? You know, and it's like, it's like, okay, what did you do when quarantine started? You know, a justice oriented, action oriented eight. It's like going to the food bank right now. And I'm, I, I'm, I have that same thought and I'm like, maybe, maybe by the end of this quarantine, I'll be doing something like helping at the food bank. We'll see. <laughs> and I'm like, and then somebody's like, it's been seven weeks. I'm like, really? And they're like, it's over. What did you do? I helped out the food bank. I was like, I, th- I thought I was going to do that, but I didn't, I didn't end up doing it. <laughs> uh, it was a little self-serving. Um, we have a really good food bank here. The Contra Costa County Food Bank is one of the best of the nation. And they have this like this line where everything, you just have a box. So they pulled together in like two days an emergency food boxing system to um, help. We did like an extra 1,200 boxes a day. We would go for three hours doing all these boxes, like pushing stuff down like the assembly line. And I felt really cool. I felt kind of like a renegade. I'm like, hoo like I'm helping people. I'm like <laughs> not supposed to be outside of my house, but here I am. And I'm doing what the government won't do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes that's, that's, that's the way it's framed. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. What is one thing that you maybe piece of advice or words of comfort or words of just affirmation to eights out there dealing with COVID? I think that um, we can't control what's happening right now and we have to be okay with that, but it's not a bad thing to look for smaller or more consistent ways to control your life right now. Hmm. And that control can be more soothing than it is bad at this time. Like it's okay to let something that could potentially control our lives as eights and could be something that's bad and leads us down a rabbit hole of just like we need to have control it's okay if we can use that as something to help us find comfort especially when we don't get to have any other kind of normal all right so fun oh rebecca thank you you for doing this we miss you we miss you like all the damn time hey guys I'm Bobby Harding. I am coming to you from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, Nashville area, for those who have no idea. And I'm a social eight on the Enneagram spectrum. Okay, wait, Bobby, when did you first get into the Enneagram? So when I was in seminary um, in the, you know, 06, 07, 08, I had to do a chaplaincy internship for, um, at a hospital. And as part of that hospital chaplaincy, Enneagram was incorporated in there. So that was like 08, 2008, oh. probably during that internship. What were some of the things that, that like stood out to you that made you know, know you were an eight? I think that, well, <laughs> oh God. No, like nobody that. can see me, Lexi's facial expressions, which are really priceless. But yeah, yeah, I know. I'm telling you. Can you imagine being quarantined with me? Well, we're about to ask you about that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Bless all of their hearts here. Um, I think the, what, I, what I, I started to identify most with, or almost not started to, but immediately identified most with about being an eight, especially in the context of a hospital chaplaincy, was the, the chaplain's role is almost entirely and always one of vulnerability and intimacy like from the get-go and i and that was like the last thing i wanted to do so it was for our our um, chaplaincy our in our supervisor who was like an enneagram guru 
really cool dude named Teleso Satele. Whoa, was, whoa, um, whoa. Uh, what is that? Uh, That's a cool name. Yes, Samoan. He knew, he, he, later he was like, I knew you were an eight the first day that I met you. Eights like, are so, you know how these people. I yeah. think eights are the easiest. They're the most know. obvious. In my Strutting yeah. down the hallway, confident. Oh, yeah, they just, yeah. They just say yeah. stuff that all of us would never say. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So it's it was wonderful. that vulnerability part. Like that was all of the con, like tension and like burden of the whole thing to me was this fear of breaking through this this vulnerability, I, I almost said the word membrane. Isn't that disgusting? <laughs> vulnerability membrane. <laughs> but, but, but once I did, it was a whole new experience for mm. me. Once I, I mean, it, to me, it was almost the same thing as like getting up on stage and singing a solo in front of a huge crowd, mm. walking into a room with one person and being vulnerable. Dang, the eights. How do you know. how do you feel like your number your enneagram number influences like your behavior at the house with the fam? That's a good question. <laughs> good question, Scott. <laughs> you have good eyes. I like your smile. Um, Thanks. I so Lexi and I spent a little time today, kind of thinking about this stuff because we knew this conversation was coming. And you, you guys are having way more Enneagram conversations than we are these days. So we had to brush up a little bit on, on our, on some of this. It's, but it's really tricky. I think part of it's because the house and the home and the family is like a safe zone. So I'm not, I'm more like relaxed here maybe than I am anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, it's easy to be an aide at, at home. I mean, I don't have to worry about the dynamics. Uh, I don't have to worry. No one's like lob, like trying to take power or there's, you know, I don't, it's all, we're fine. It's, so yeah. it's a very peaceful, peaceful place to be um, for quarantine here. The problem is always being surrounded with people, you know? Yeah. There's zero alone time, which is the older I get, th that's become so important to me being able to get away and be alone you know, so man, maybe I haven't given that enough effort. Like maybe I could rethink how that could look. And I just, instead of been wallowing in my lost alone time now, you know, <laughs> but maybe I could rethink that a little bit, you know, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like you have a power struggles with the kids at all? No, that's nice. No, they know that I have it all. I'm the nine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the, I am, you know, the, if mom says maybe, well, then go ask dad and you'll get a real answer. Yeah. You'll get the yes or the no. Yeah. Right. And it's fine. Direct. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, no, no. And I, Lexi was going to mention that in some of her stuff, I think. But no real power problems here, you know. Yeah. Do you have any advice for eights out there during quarantine? <sighs> okay. Yes, I do, okay. actually. Okay. One of the things I realized is that I had been thinking about time all wrong and and as an eight my need to like keep going and like keep doing and get it done and more like you know and to have value in that get it done accomplish more make progress keep marching forward you know whatever all that had been 
up to Easter, I could kind of like, and mentally I think I was able to keep thinking it was happening. Mm -hmm. Like I'm doing it. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Then after Easter, it was it all kind of, it's like the rug got pulled out from under me and I, and that was no longer the case. Hmm. Um, so it, it, within, within less than a week, all of a sudden I could feel anxiety starting to well up like, and, and going, well, hello there. What are you doing here? Like, what is this? And then realizing it's all time. And so for me as an eight, um, and this is where I'm going to use some language from that Rob used in the podcast, letting go of time as, as something that is meant to be taken advantage of, hmm. where it's, it's all about what you can get out of it and what you can put into it. And it's all about what you can accomplish. And it's measured by how much you're moving forward. And if you're stagnant or moving backwards, you're screwing it up, get going, figure it out, keep moving like that. And all the questions that come out of viewing time as that kind of linear thing, you know, like, why do I feel this way? When am I going to get, when is this going to be over? When am I going to move on? When, why do I feel stuck? Uh, shouldn't I be further along? Shouldn't I be doing better than, you know, oh. all of those just don't work anymore. Yeah. And so as I realized, um, and, and, and viewing time as more cyclical or seasonal is always an option. And the, the, I think neither is better than the other. It's fine. They're all good. But as, as an eight, just letting go of that need to get it done and to, you know, make progress and just accept that this is what it is. It is what is is what is right now, you know, and this is very yoga right, right here. But the present moment, you know, and, what's, and what season are we in? What season am I in? Where is the life right now? Um, as opposed to the, like, so shifting questions to more seasonal hmm. And yeah. more cyclical as opposed to more linear has been really helpful for me. Total game changer. Well, my name is Abby Robbins. I use they, them pronouns. I am chatting with you all here from Austin, Texas, and I am an Enneagram 8. Bam. Nice. This is so exciting. <laughs> you I mean, we, this is the only maybe real like Enneagram teacher we have on the podcast this time. Oh, around, cool. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the questions we've been starting with is when did you first get into the Enneagram and when did you first kind of discover your number? Yeah. So, I mean, I learned the Enneagram from our mutual friend, Matthias Roberts. Um, God, it must have been six or seven years ago at this point. Um, wow. We were friends growing, uh, not growing up, but coming out in a very <laughs> small town in Arkansas. Like we both kind of landed there hmm. sort of happenstance. Hmm. Um, and um, I knew my type because Matthias just kind of all out typed me. He was like, <laughs> you're like now there is some, there is some um, considerable disagreement between the two of us about where all this like took place and what exactly happened. But my version of the story is we were at our yoga teacher's house cooking dinner and I was like pestering a friend of ours and um, she wanted to like do something with her life. And I was like, you just need to go and do it. Like, just go, like, stop, don't be afraid. Just, and Matthias very rightly looked me in the eye and he said, you're such an eight. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> it was very like how dare angry you? and yeah. assertive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, how dare you? I don't even know what that means. Um, and so uh, then he kind of explained it to me. Um, and we, you know, like had, had, had coffee several other times, you know, after and kind of like discussed it. He gave me some Richard Rohr audio <laughs> teachings that I kind of dove into. Um and so, you know, the more I learned about the type eight, the more 
it resonated with me. Um, and I, I read through and like listened to the other types and, you know, I, I went through the whole thing, but um, nothing really rang as true as, as a, and really for me highlighted a lot of the struggles that I had had mm-hmm. um, being, you know, assumed female at birth and um, living in the type eight structure is, um, I mean, it's like a little extra challenging that people don't necessarily respond to you uh, very positively Hmm. um, because you're not supposed to be loud and in charge and uh, take up space. And I was always doing that. Like, it's just who you are. There wasn't any other way to be, you know. Quarantine? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Quarantine. Oh, my God. Yeah. Tell us about how you're doing in quarantine. I hate this. I hate this with like every fiber of my being. This is my worst nightmare. I'm an eight. I'm also, I have a set, I have a very strong seven wing. I uh, am sexual subtype dominant, um, followed by social, then self-pres. I hate being at home. Like I, like I've organized my entire life around like really just kind of being home to like hang out with the kids and sleep. Right. Like I want to be yeah. out. I want to be doing things. Um, and so I think just kind of like on a fundamental level, it's very difficult for me. Um, there's all the, these issues that come up around like I, this, um, this real sense that like I've lost control of my mm-hmm. life, that like there are things out in the world that are affecting me that um, I can't stop. I can't control. I can't manipulate like, um, it's really been a, it's been a difficult and interesting kind of movement into vulnerability for me. Um, I think a lot of times when AIDS, when we talk about AIDS and we talk about vulnerability, um, we talk about the, the like soft, squishy feelings, right? So like being sad or being, uh, you know, like I just, I keep thinking thinking the word squishy like that's you know like that's what you think about when you think about being vulnerable right yeah yeah um these tender feelings and and like as an eight I really don't like those I'll be very clear but I think (laughs) the way avoiding vulnerability has shown up for me most in my life and what I'm getting a really like clear picture of during this pandemic is uh I mean, to be vulnerable is to be affected mm. by something else. And I think for me, so much of my type is built around not allowing myself to be affected or to feel affected yeah, yeah. by things that I can't control. Um, and so, like, it, I mean, it's taken me, like, I was actually kind of, like, trucking through the first, like, maybe four or five weeks of the quarantine, right? Like, I was you know, I started vlogging and I was, you know, putting out a lot of content and I was really kind of like, I was making it like interesting and fun. And we were parenting our kids and I was still trying to like do some like work on the side and all this stuff was happening. And, and then it kind of, it slowed down to a stop where I really had to, um, I really came face to face with like how much this situation has impacted me and impacted me like negatively. So like, mm. uh, we, we lost our office, right? Like had an office where we, um, where both my fiance and I saw clients couldn't pay the rent there. We shared it with like 
four other, three other like wellness practitioners who also couldn't pay rent. So we had to move out of our office Mm. um, and really pivot pretty extremely at our home and like put our girls all in the same bedroom and turn a room into this home office. And, um, you know, my partner is a massage therapist for her day job. And so she's been completely out of work for two months. Um, We, both of our girls, uh, our girls had, rats and both of them died in the like first month of quarantine um and now we have a cat in at the animal hospital with like a bladder and our animals have had the worst bout of fleas that i have ever experienced oh my gosh and so it's like it's and like and again none of these things are like as traumatic or awful as like losing a loved one or getting sick yourself Uh, and so like i'm very aware of like my privilege and my, um, you know, like the context that I'm coming from. It's like, it's not actually that bad, but there's something about all of these little things for me that I was really pushing off to the side. Right. Like, and even doing that, like, it's not that bad because, you know, because of all these reasons, like I'm so lucky. I'm so whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and it took a while for me to really acknowledge how much I was being affected by this and like how, deeply sad Mm. I am like at the state of the world and uh, you know like earlier this morning I was literally like I was just like laying on the floor because it feels like so much like a, a type that like is kind of structured around not feeling these things like in opening that door you feel so much like I've really been um I've really had my eyes open to like how sensitive I am Mm. and that's not something I like saying (laughs) like I say it and immediately my stomach kind of turns and I'm like that's not true Uh, oh but it is true and I'm like that's so amazing yeah Yeah, and I'm like (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and and like allowing myself to feel those feelings is not, um, it's definitely not second nature and it's definitely not easy for me, but is, I mean, it's necessary, um, to move through all of this, like all of the things that are happening. Um, and so I think, I mean, th- those are some of the like really like key points that I'm like experiencing and like learning through this whole situation. I mean, there's so much more too, but these are the things that like really, stood out to me that mm-hmm. like this is um both very difficult and very directly related to my type structure for sure you're being so good at being squishy right now <laughs> yeah and then I'll like I'll go and do something later so like I'll probably like go and lift weights or I'll yeah. you know, like and this has been an interesting thing too because I'm also trying to finish my book um like my deadline is in like a month less than a month at this point. And, and so it's like, I have, I have about this much, very little focus to like get that, you know, focus on that. And then I have like this much capacity to feel these soft, squishy feelings. And then it's like, and then I have like this much capacity to like be present to my kids. And then I have like this much capacity to be present to my partner. And then it's like, I have to go and like off gas that, right? Mm. Like I have to like, my type is so, reactive to it and is so like averse to all of these situations that are like in direct conflict with how I want to move through the world. 
And so, you know, doing things like working out or, uh, you know, being out in nature or, you know, lifting weights, things that make me feel strong or whatever, like I, I, I need those yeah. right now. Like I have to like, I have to be able to kind of titrate in between like allowing myself to feel comfortable and regulated and moving into the discomfort of acknowledging all this work um, that's kind of happening in and around me because without that kind of like ability to shift back and forth between the two, like I get super overwhelmed and then just shut down. Um, so a lot of self-awareness. Yes, there. I'm being yeah, squishy now. Yeah, yeah. But You're going to compensate for it later. You'll find You're get strong. Exactly. <laughs> this is like gold. Abby. It is, it is. We're going to have a hard time editing. I know. I almost think we could l- release the whole thing as a bonus though. You I know, know that would be cool Abby interview. Yeah, um, why not? Yeah, yeah why I'm not? The bonus. Yeah, 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 the bonus. <laughs> the real Enneagram person. No, I mean, I'm just so Macy four. I'm a five, and so I'm always so in awe of the assertive types. You know, three sevens and eights. I'm like, how do you do it? Where do you get the energy? I'm so low energy. We're not you know? thinking or feeling anything. <laughs> yeah. We're just going, right? As were we, we're thinking and feeling, thinking and feeling. And we're counting that as doing stuff. Yeah. We're like, yeah. We, we talked about it for three hours today. That was really that great. Was, we did so much. We didn't this do is so productive, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have, we can convince ourselves we're really productive so easily. Yeah. Where did See, I go? almost wish I had that because like, I've spent most of this quarantine thinking that like I haven't done shit because I haven't been able to do the things that I normally do. Right. Yeah. Like if talking about something is productive, then I've been great, but <laughs> good job happen. in yeah. our eyes. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's oh, wild. That's funny. Should we end with advice? Yeah. Could you give just a few words of encouragement to other eights out in quarantine? Yeah. Oh man. I mean, I guess I just want to say that, like, I just want to, like, speak from my own, like, like, don't make the mistakes that I've made and, like, don't pick fights with your partner. Like, (laughs) don't, like, don't go looking for a conflict. Like, this is not the time for it. Like, and I, you hear it all the time. It's like, this is really a time to slow down. And for the people who have the ability and the capacity to actually slow down, like people who aren't essential workers or aren't caring for whatever, you know, um, like AIDS are terrible at self-care. And I think really using this as a time to develop those habits as much as is possible, I mm-hmm. think is, um, really important. Maybe that means taking a walk outside. Maybe that means taking a bath. Maybe that means journaling or starting with a therapist online or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and finding healthy outlets for your anger um, because it's not going to go away. Um, you're going to be really angry. And uh, if you're anything like me, like right after that, like angry outburst comes this like deep wave of sadness. Mm. Um, and it often feels too overwhelming to like deal with. And so finding healthier ways to channel your anger whether that's lifting weights or, um, I, I don't know. I, Punching bags. I'm not great at like the <laughs> application of it right now. I'm just telling you what I've done, but, um, you know, like picking fights on the internet is not a healthy way to, uh, off gas the energy that is generated from your anger. Yeah. Um, so, you know, finding healthy ways to deal with that and, um, 
you know, asking for help mm. as, as much as you're capable. Like, um, you know, my partner has been such a wonderful support to me. I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for her help. And so I think find healthy ways to deal with your anger and manage and express your anger and um, ask people for help and support. I think most eights are really, um, I mean, we're that. It's scary. Um, but I, I, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised um, at who really steps in mm. for you. Mm. That's so good. Hi, I'm John. I'm talking to you from Seattle, and I'm an Enneagram 8. Well, what has your experience of COVID shelter in place been? Like, how are you experiencing this? I have actually really enjoyed it, uh, the, the quarantine part. Um, I, very early on, when, when the whole quarantine started, I started this project that I'm working on of, of making portraits of people through FaceTime. And so I've, I've found a lot of like fulfillment and joy and excitement in that project. And so I feel like I'm waking up in the morning, excited to work on that. And, um, and I'm working on it, you know, like almost every day at times. And so the type of work that I was doing before this, I I couldn't say that I was always excited to wake up in terms of work every day. Um, I mean, I've always said that I love what I do. There was never a time where I would have said, I don't like this, but my creation process was like, I would, I had very few shoots. They tended to be larger productions, but there were very few shoots throughout the year. And so now I'm making like, you know, making something like five, three, four, five times a day. And then, and I found that I started, I was learning so much. Hmm. Um, even like 20 years into my career, I was just learning so much because I was, it was the quantity and then you would notice something or, or have an idea. And then two hours later, you could execute it or try it or practice it on your next one or, you know, the next morning. And there was just something about that, like repetition and, um, and pace of, of creating that I found really exciting because it was totally different in that sense. Um, I've also found that I, I don't, I mean, I don't really miss like people. Um, (laughs) being like, I don't miss being around people physically. I find that, um, and this isn't something that I totally understood about myself, but being around people physically drains me and and mentally drains me. And I've known for a while, like when I do a photo shoot, kind of like Scott was saying, I tend to be like the host of the party and I, I go in and I put a lot into it and I want to make sure everyone has like this amazing experience. And usually after a shoot or production, I'm just toast for about a week and I I've never really understood why and I think this has actually given me more clarity on just how what just like what it means to be around people now I definitely I don't want to be like I don't want to be a shut-in and like never see people but um that being said I am like pretty happy I mean part of it too probably is that I'm with our two kids and my wife and so I am around people Mm -hmm. and all the time so in some ways I actually have less time by myself than I maybe normally would, but, um, it's, it's been interesting in that sense. Um, but overall, I've, you know, I've actually really enjoyed not having pressure to go places or do things, um, to just kind of slow down a little bit, even though in some ways I'm actually not slowing down at all because this project is taking a lot of time, but yeah, that's, that's good. 
I think no matter what John is, it's like I, I feel like self prez is up there for his variants, but he doesn't know the variants, so <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other discussion. Do you do you have any like words of encouragement for people in general? Words of encouragement. Um I mean yeah, I do. I guess it's I still I had an interesting conversation with a friend the other day and I was I was telling him kind of what I just told you, but then I, I find myself keep apologizing, you know, for, for those. Cause they seem, and he, he kind of reminded me of the importance of, 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 uh, accepting that for myself and not apologizing and not yeah. feeling like I have to, you know, and, and I've heard a lot of people talk about how this is like a great time for introverts, you know, because they're, and so I guess, and I guess where I'm getting at is I'm trying not to apologize uh, with that clarification I just made, but I, I feel like it's it's clearly a privilege to look at this time as an opportunity because I know that not everyone can look at this as an opportunity. Yeah. But for those of us who can, um, I feel like it really is an opportunity to think about the way that we used to live life, the way that we used to do things and think about if we were doing it because we wanted to do it that way or we felt like we had to do it that way. And there's, there's so many things that I've seen come from this. Some of them have been like protective measures and things like that, whether it's closing down city streets permanently and making them pedestrian road or walkways and stuff like that. I was commenting to Nichelle the other day, like some of those things are actually pretty beautiful. And I would have mm. wished we had done that in normal times, but I'm realizing that given the choice or the opportunity, people generally will choose comfort over change because change is, is really difficult or scary. Yeah. Even for me, not to make it all about this, go back to the project but when I first when the quarantine started it was more of a selfish thing like I really wanted to create I had been working on this personal project for several months and I just started and then all of a sudden I can't do it anymore and I was feeling really frustrated hmm. but I felt like I needed to create and so I was like man what could I do and I, I kept running into the same wall of because I kept coming up with these ideas but it involved seeing people and so I was just trying to figure out any way I could get a person in front of my face and um I, I had this weird idea and I was like, I'll try this FaceTime thing. I didn't think it would work, but anyway, the whole point of saying it is I, I was just thinking of all the constraints and frustrations of not being able to do what I normally do. But I've found this to be almost, I would say more creatively fulfilling than what I was doing before. Hmm. And it took some getting used to, but it's, you know, I've heard for a long time, the expression that necessity is the mother of invention but until you're in a situation where everything that you do or know is turned upside down, it's hard to really appreciate what that means. Um, because I think oftentimes maybe we do have a necessity, but we still have a choice for comfort too. And in, in here it's like, truly you, ha there's no comfort. Like you have to find a new necessity, you know, or a new way to, to, to achieve that. And so I'm just, I'm realizing more and more that change is scary and it's difficult, but it oftentimes is possibly, I don't want to make a definitive statement and say it always is, but change is really good. And I just hope that we can all individually and also as a society look at even just small little things that we can change going back to and be like, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore. I was, you know, I don't want to say anything because in, in, you know, call out, everyone does different things for different reasons, but whatever you were doing that wasn't giving you joy, that was like, you know, not, <laughs> just wasn't uh life-giving or you know maybe rethink that this is a yeah. chance to rethink that and when we go back you know what do we want to do because there will be a lot of systems that will have been shut down and we can choose to start them up again or we can 
choose to start something new. And I, and I hope that a lot of us find things that are new that will give us joy. Enneagram type two, the helper, the altruist, the lover, the caretaker, the pleaser, the enabler, the special friend. Basic fear of being unloved and unwanted for themselves alone. Basic desire to feel loved. Super ego message. You are good or okay if you are loved by others and are close to them. Hi, my name is Kirsten. I'm calling from Seattle, Washington, specifically Capitol Hill. And I am an Enneagram 2. Whoop, whoop. Two in the, his house. All right, Kirsto, when did you first encounter the Enneagram? And when did you first feel like, oh, man, I'm a 2? I'm a 2. Um, well, Macy, you and I both went to Seattle Pacific University, an evangelical Christian school. So did this guy. Oh, yeah, and Scott. Don't, we it, don't, don't, don't exclude me. <laughs> um, and... I was a theology major, so I can't tell you the first time I came across it, but it was, I feel like it was always in the, in the fog, in the, Mm -hmm, like, theology, mm -hmm. like. I like that. Yeah. The ethers. Yes, that's exactly what I was looking for. So, yeah, I think it was always in the back of my mind. I kind of was like, what's this? And then Macy really just, like, introduced me to the world. That is Enneagram. Kind of shoved your face in it. Shoved your yeah. face into the Enneagram. It's like we're hanging out and I'm like, hey, let me tell you something. I'm going to do a deep dive. Desire. <laughs> what do you want most out of relationships? <laughs> what are your triggers? How do you cope? It's <laughs> like, real. Oh, buckle in. <laughs> this is real. It really Being is real. a friend with me. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I mean, obviously I'm down because yeah. it's been yeah. many years. It feels weird to talk about being a two today because yesterday I lost my job Mm. (laughs) and like it's a, I'm in a helping career. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, sad. I think I had two tendencies before this job, but I found um, yeah, a lot of purpose in it. So if, I mean, I think no small thing is all into like honesty and openness. So that's kind of where I'm answering my questions from today. How has this been for you socially? I mean, as a two living, you live with two people and then you've been teaching online. Um, super hard. Uh, I think what's, I honestly, I think the, like, the stra- I don't know if like strange or surprising is the right word, but I started social distancing dating and um, FaceTiming. And I've uh, been dating quite a bit this year. And it was funny that the most connection I've found (laughs) this year was like two months. Like now it's been two months of texting and FaceTiming. Uh, So that's like an interesting social aspect. That's been a good distraction. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just... I, I have so many shared meals with friends weekly 
outside of shelter in place that that has um, left me feeling really empty. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I hate eating alone and I've had to eat alone a lot. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that I, I almost feel guilty about, but one of the spaces I miss the most is my gym. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I do think that was my time in the week. That really was like, the gym and therapy and I'm not like just so viewers know I'm not like the fittest like like a gym is for everyone that's not a necessary caveat (laughs) I just like I I'm I um but it really like the practice I go to a yoga studio and like the practice of like breathing and pausing and like the different movements and to you know start with an intention and then end in like shavasana to like almost die to something and then like mm-hmm. come, come back up and um yeah just take like an hour to two hours a couple times a week that's caring for my body that has significantly changed in quarantine and um yeah I found it harder to do yoga at home without other people around me like I, got, I got so much energy from other people um and so I find myself like walking because then I see strangers I mean i Stay away from them, but I just like like seeing strangers. Ooh, a stranger! It's just nice to see people and have that external. Like we're here. There's other people out there. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah, and both of my housemates are essential workers, so I've been home alone most days. That's tough. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't like being alone. Macy Mm. will tell you that. Mm. Mm. This is kind of forcing that. In my saddest moments. I didn't want, I never want to be alone. And right now I'm alone. <laughs> oh, dang I'm it. virtually hugging you on the Zoom. I, know, I, I love know. to be alone. It's so nice. You <laughs> like guy's, to be alone. This Scott? guy's having an oh, opposite yeah, reaction. Absolutely. To the oh God. I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like, you know, like I like to read by myself, mm-hmm. but I also like to read with other people in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel that. For other twos, Dodgers working at me. Come up. Uh, so for other twos that are out there listening to this, do you have any, you know, words of encouragement or advice for just twos in quarantine um, from one two to another? Okay. Could I, could I do two quotes? Yes. Okay. I, I, I think I'm at a loss of words. And so it's always nice to lean into other people's words. Um, the first is from Septima Poinsett Clark. Um, she was um, in, I believe she was a teacher in Mississippi that in during the civil rights movement registered people to vote hmm. Um, hmm. and was like a very like grassroots organizer. Um, so she says, I have a great belief in the fact that whenever there is chaos, it creates wonderful thinking. Hmm. I consider chaos a gift. Then um, this is a Howard Thurman quote. It's somewhat famous. Maybe y'all have heard it before, but it's don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it because the world need, because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Hmm. So I like those. I really like that first one. Peace to you both. Maybe we could just FaceTime and talk and not Absolute, record. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we could have a we could have a meal together. 
Oh my gosh, love. That would be so cute. <laughs> Great. We'll text. Okay, we'll I love you. I'm Katie. Um, I am an Enneagram too. I did it out of order. Fine. Well, it I'm Katie. Matter. <laughs> <laughs> I am calling from Seattle, Washington, and I am an Enneagram too. Bam, bam, bam. Bam, bam. Katie, when did you first get into the Enneagram? Was it with um, us? Got, yeah, it was with you guys. It was with you guys back in the days of the office, all working together. Aww. Those long conversations where I'd be working and you guys would be talking. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But it's for true, real, though. it's real. We, in our last conversation, we were just talking about how both Scott and I are like talking is doing. Yeah, talking is Talk- doing. Mm. <laughs> I absolutely mm-hmm. feel that, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody else is like, no. Yeah. Doing is doing. Yeah, crazy. doing is doing. I'm like, let me see the product. Yeah. Show me what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> what about the two kind of first? hooked you into knowing that was you um we've talked about this a little bit before but just the when talking about the um weaknesses or not weaknesses um fears fears definitely um and knowing like having that really hit home when you read through all the other numbers you're like oh yeah kind of yeah kind of but definitely the fears um and like the deep desires especially of like being known um and like the fear of not being needed and and not contributing in some way either to like a relationship or to some kind of um, team or activity or just the world in general (laughs) 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 yeah so with quarantine that's really interesting because I I'm not an avid user of like social media or the internet and so it's like that feels like the only way to contribute right now in some way and I don't know how I fit into that so that's what I've been reflecting on the last few weeks. Your your mom said you've been your mom. I'm like <laughs> I talked to your mom the other day. Uh, she's she said you've been working out a lot. Yeah, long bike rides. Yeah, which is fun. Uh, long runs, which is fun. Are you, are you doing but yoga? I can't really bring myself to do it. I <gasps> love the social, like the room. Yeah. And like being with all the people, whether I know them or not, and being led by like a person that I know. If I do it online, I more do it for the stretching, not for like the the meditating or like mental health space that I can get in when I go to a studio. So it's been like off and on. Yeah. Right now it's off. Yeah. I... I've been doing, my yoga instructor has been doing live classes, which I'm hmm. so much better when it's live, even though it doesn't really make a difference. It's still a video. No, it does. It does. It totally does. But I'm like, oh, you're out there, you know, doing this at this time. And there's people out there on the internet who are also doing this at the same exact time. We're all doing yeah. the same thing. That to me is the only way for me to do it. Like I can't go back and watch just like recorded videos of yeah. it. It just nope. feels wrong. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. There's something about the live, like even I downloaded the Peloton app um, just because we have like a spin bike in the back now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, there's other people who are being like live shouted out right now. Like yeah. that feels so different. That is such a difference between my type and a two for sure. Or really? a social type maybe. Or I don't know. Type. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm not interested at all. I'm not interested in any of that. Hmm. Um, 
Right, like I feel like I, and Katie, you probably too, I get so much fuel just being in a room with lots of people. Like, mm-hmm. even if I just am sitting there, like, I just like being, seeing other folks and knowing we're a part of something together. Like, yeah. that feeling is is kind of, we're missing that right now. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, and even with, like, work, um, it's so much easier for me to stay motivated. So I know leaving the room. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> it's so much easier for me to stay motivated when I have like coworkers walking by and I feel like we're all part of the sim like something together um than when I'm like at home trying to answer an email. Yeah. It's just not the same mental space for me. Absolutely. I think we're already to advice. I think we are. Yeah. So we're kind of ending our little interviews with if you have advice or words of encouragement for other twos out there in the midst of COVID. Um, I've been writing letters. I think I might need more advice than I can give. <laughs> That's a good point. answer. That's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of ways that I've been, I've been like finding myself going to bed with a lot more, like I've been calling it like emotional energy yeah. um, than I usually have. Um, and so I don't know if people have ways to use some of that emotional energy for good right now because I don't have very many ways, even just like writing a letter or talking on the phone with someone. Like I still go to bed thinking things where usually I'm just worn out, you know, after a day of work and all the other people that I've seen. (laughs) I do think, Katie, that quarantine is probably especially intrusive and hard for twos. Like I think maybe some just words of encouragement to you is like, it's okay. Like this, this is stretching you further than you've probably ever been stretched. And like, this isn't the way our society is structured. And it's like forcing you into isolation, It totally, which is, is like yeah. your biggest fear, you know? I know. I know. So I think, I, I think like a lot of grace for yourself, like this is tough and we don't know how to respond to it, you know? Yeah. 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 It's very tempting to be, to kind of like, give up and be like this isn't affecting me this doesn't matter like I need to be with people because that's what my like mental health needs yeah um and so like keeping that in check every single day is like oh (laughs) gotta go through this like like emotional like realization over and over every single day yeah hard yeah it's really hard oh right now well we love you and if you ever need to talk by the way Katie I'm always Mm -hmm. down to chat on the phone or talk or whatever yeah oh i miss you guys same same i'm nina i am calling from michigan and my number is a two Woo! yay briefly let's just say we met you mostly scott met you through scott's enneagram repost page on instagram mm-hmm it was a wild story um i've been reposting a lot of stuff and you were the first and only person so far that like redirected oh. people to the repost and was like supporting me in my endeavors. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We were all, I was all about that. I was like, okay, we support you. You support me. <laughs> that was so nice. <laughs> I love that. Highlighting the likes I had been getting circled, the likes <laughs> pointed me, pointed people to my page. So nice. Okay. So you were telling us you found out about the Enneagram through your sister. Yeah. It was hard to kind of peg me down, like to kind of figure out what I was for a while. And I think that had to do with 
I have, I don't know how much you guys talk about subtypes, but I'm a self-pres subtype. So that's the counter, you know, so I look, I present differently than I actually am maybe inside. But anyways, so what really got me with the two was that I just, I, I love to help people. I'm extremely emotional. I'm extremely sensitive and um, I like pick up on like what's going on. I'm interested in people and I really want to know how I can help people. And that's been my entire life. I'm a nanny. I'm going to school for mental health counseling um, and for grad school in the fall. Like, so that's just kind of, I was looking at myself and I was like, oh, okay. So I love people I'm help. I love to help people. Um, probably the whole pride thing, you know, comes into it and in that I think I know it's best for people. And I think <laughs> I don't need help, but I need to help everybody else. And then I, you know, get burned out and I don't take care of myself. So I think just kind of noticing some of the patterns in my own life kind of led me to think, oh yeah, I'm a two. How have you been doing since shelter in place, especially as a two? How are you doing? Uh, um, well, thank you for asking. <laughs> That's really kind. I have been doing okay. So obviously a lot of twos are, you know, this is like torture to them, not seeing people, you know, not being able to just give hugs. Like, I don't know, physical contact, that's like big. Um, but I've actually been super busy because I'm finishing my undergrad full-time and I'm also um, oh, like full-time nanny. And so I'm just like, crazy busy so it's hmm. usually you know I'm so busy that okay I'm numbing maybe the the pain of not being with my people and my friends but so overall I think probably not too good if I start examining like how I really am but I think um I think I've been doing okay yeah just continuing to reach out to my friends and do like this kind of thing zooms stuff like that Nina another good. question okay. we've been asking people is what have you learned about yourself while in quarantine if anything Well, I think I've learned that, man, I can just use busyness just as an escape. You know, I think that that's a problem that twos have is they're all they they hate to look inward. They hate to think, oh, I have my own needs like, oh, I need to take care of myself. Oh, I need to say no to working this many hours. Mm -hmm. That's kind of been big. Like I need <laughs> to just be able to take care of myself first. Um, and so I'm always continuing to learn about that. Boundaries are hard for me saying no. Yeah. That is so, so hard for me. In general, I've been learning about myself that, yeah, I need to, you know, continue in quarantine, like to be able to say no and to be able to take care of myself first and look at my own needs rather than just kind of like busy, busy, busy and doing other things rather than taking care of myself. Snaps to that. The advice? Yeah. yeah, we like to end these interviews with if you have any words of encouragement or advice to other twos listening. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> what would I want to say to my two friends? Um, I would say that if you're in quarantine, um, my fellow twos, it's okay if you're not okay. And I would really, really encourage you if you're not doing okay, 
if you really are struggling, um, please reach out because people care about twos, even yes. though you think like, oh, I don't want to burden anybody. You're like, oh, maybe they won't want to be my friend anymore if, you know, I, oh, if I tell, if I reach out, but that's not true. Most people in your life love you. And so if you're a two, if you're struggling, if you're lonely, if you're feeling like not yourself and out of whack because you don't have your people, reach out and maybe ask for some encouragement and some love because I think that people in your life love you and want to help. So good. Dang. Yeah. That's the real, I feel like twos are going to feel so encouraged by that. Yeah. I hope. (laughs) I need to hear that. (laughs) I need to be encouraged by that. (laughs) Enneagram type four, the individualist, the artist, the romantic, the melancholic, the esthete, the tragic victim, the special one. Basic fear of having no identity, no personal significance. Basic desire to find themselves and their significance to create an identity out of their inner experience. Super ego message. You are good or okay if you are true to yourself. Hey, my name's Greg. I'm in Brooklyn, New York, and I'm an Enneagram 4-5 wing. Were there certain things as you were learning about the four that really stuck out to you and you were just like, yeah, that's me? Well, it did kind of, it made me feel less alienated in a way. You know, I like being a four, you kind of feel like you're the only one feeling certain feelings or yeah, you, you have a certain like outlook on life that's very unique to you. And sometimes that that leads you to think that maybe you're um, <laughs> kind of like holier than thou or like, you know, smarter than the rest. And I'm like, why don't you assholes ever like see things my way? But then to realize that there are other people who feel and think the same thing, yeah. but just with a different perspective was like, really good. it made me feel a little bit better about myself, a little bit more um, uh, uh, sure, sure of my convictions and sure yeah. of my outlooks on things, you know? Okay, so what is your current situation in COVID? What are you up to in your day-to-day? Uh, so we're in, I don't know what week we're in. It feels like, let's see, we started locking down March 7th, maybe March March 6th or something like that. And um, I remember like a couple days before like total shutdown, I was playing a gig and I thought to myself, this might be the last gig that I play. And <laughs> it's been true. Like, hmm. you know, there's no, there's no concerts. There's nothing happening. You know, the city is just totally empty and desolate. It doesn't feel like New York right now, you know? Yeah. For the first couple of weeks, I didn't play my guitar. Hmm. I was just went to the darkest of dark places and I didn't, I didn't feel like I was doing anything creative for a while. So, but I'm kind of coming out of, I'm recovering from that right now. So, well, do you want to talk about that a little bit? If you feel comfortable, like, what do you mean by darkest of dark places? (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, like the whole, you know, the whole world and the news, they're, they're all basically saying that like, you're non-essential, you know what I mean? Hmm. And that's kind of the only, that was the only message that I was getting, like this work that you've been doing all your life, you know, Hmm. it's not essential. We don't need this right now. We don't need you right now. Jeez. And, um, 
I didn't really know how to, I didn't really know how to handle that emotionally, you know, and I didn't know if how, what this was going to look like coming out of, you know, quarantine or what a, what a musician life looks like post COVID, you yeah. know? So I just took some time off and I didn't really play music. I wasn't really writing. I was the, but I had to do something creative. So I just, every day was making these little mini magazines, just like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you guys have seen Oh, these. I have I seen those. Near me. Yeah, yeah. I saw those on your Instagram. Like right. how yeah, many? So I, Sh- can we see one I, just in case Macy hasn't seen? Uh, can I, can I give you a second? Give me a second. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'll go grab one. <laughs> so back. I made about oh, 30. I've seen these. I made like 31 or 32 of these. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I made one called mathematical realism versus fictionalism. Oh my God. Wow. Scott, that one's dedicated to Scott Gronholtz for sure. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and I mean, like I do ones that are just like stupid little sketches, you know, I came up with a character called fire pup. Who's a dog that lives across the street from us that barks all night. But the only reason Chelsea and I can stand it is we just invented the story that he's, he works for the firehouse <laughs> and he wears a fire cap and uh, yeah. he's out putting out fires. So it's okay that he's barking. That is so so I just good. made these like stupid little, stupid little cartoons. They're so you know? cute. They're like little mini zines. Did you just, is it just one piece of paper? Exactly. Yeah. yeah I got it from Austin Cleon. You just cut it in a certain way and then yeah. it's like seven pages or something. But. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. That's such a, that's a fun idea. It does kind of remind me of the zine we did for our live show. It's like the same of, folding. Yeah. 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 That's right. cool. Yeah. That's so smart. That's a great way to spend some free time getting creative. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there was nothing else to do, you know, yeah. and the first couple of weeks I would just sit across from Chelsea as she was working. Cause you know, we wanted to be close to each other. And so I just crank some of these out, you know, and I, it got a good response on Instagram and I, was hoping that it provided some levity to the situation for other people. So, okay. So, what was it that helped you get back? Are you like back to writing music and playing music? Yeah, actually, I mean, thank God for all the musicians who did have the energy to keep working because I I sure didn't at the time. But um, a buddy of mine in Seattle sent me his record, um, and I recorded guitars remotely hmm. for his record. It was like maybe. Six or seven tracks, and then I'm doing another one for a friend in Michigan. So if, it got me playing my instrument again. Yeah, you, you know? like have these these people who are asking that of you. Yeah, 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 exactly, and that feels really good. I can do it at my own time and in my own space. Um, and I actually just today started working on the next record. So nice. Yeah, so that was that was kind of a big breakthrough for me, um, and you know, going back to like what I was saying, it's like, what does a musician look like in a post COVID world? Cause we don't know if people are going to go out to concerts anymore mm-hmm. or, you know, what touring is going to be like, you know, like, so maybe everything just has to be done at home, you know, and kind of collaborative like this, like from across the world, you know? So, okay. I have one more last question to ask you is yeah. we were kind of briefly talking about this, Scott, you and I, before we even started recording, but I do feel like this pandemic is not just this thing that's changing our circumstances in terms of like physical space, but it's allowing a different kind of way to view the world. And it's allowing for a lot of different existential thoughts. Hmm. So I wonder like how you're feeling existentially in the midst of all of this. <laughs> what a thought. Honest. <laughs> do it through a mini just magazine. Casual. Yeah. 
<laughs> casually having existential thoughts. Yeah. I mean, it, it hasn't necessarily been good ones. It hasn't been good thoughts, but I don't, I think right now, all I have um, the energy for is living like moment to moment yeah. and day by day. And so, and I think existentialism asks you to kind of look at the long game and I'm, I just don't know what that is. You mm. know, That's it's just like, we're, we're asking, um, we're asking doctors and scientists to predict the future and they're like, we don't know how long this is going to last, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't, I can't expect myself to answer those questions either. You know, that's smart. Oh, that's wise. That's wise. I needed to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for asking. Yeah. I hadn't really thought of it, you know? Oh, Greg, this has been so special. I know. I know. Yeah. We need to do a whole episode someday with Greg. Uh, we already did. We are, <laughs> that's, so <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. That's so funny. I'll write in another scathing yeah. whatever. Yes. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> what do you call it? You called it like a, an essay. Write us another essay. Oh, yeah. Just some bullshit that I wrote yeah, down. I love it. I love it. <laughs> this is the best. All right, man. Well, I'll let you guys go. We're honored to be good... one of your first Zoom calls. Thanks. Yeah. You are first and last. All right. So I'm Holly Grant. I'm calling from North Branch, Minnesota. Wow. I'm an Enneagram 4. Woo. Okay. So when did you first discover the Enneagram and kind of start using it as a tool? So not that long ago. I think it might have been a, like around last summer. And it's because of you. So I had found... Um, I think it might have been, I know, right? <laughs> I think it might have been a meme or something that was shared. And I saw it and then it took me to you and I just was fascinated and dove right in. And I, Macy, I listened to your podcast um, <laughs> when you talked about being a four and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> there's somebody else out there that, you know, thinks the way that I do and so I was just, I was hooked. And then I started reading Beatrice Chestnut. Oh, yes. That's so cool. Oh, oh how, how do you feel like your number has influenced your experience of like the lockdown? Um, <laughs> highs and lows. Yeah. Like <laughs> high highs and low lows. Um, so we're lucky. I, I, um, I haven't been a school psychologist for about a year now. I've been staying home okay. um, and my husband's been able to work through this. And so our life hasn't changed a ton, which we're so grateful for. Um, but I have the boys and we have two puppies and it's just a little claustrophobic. <laughs> and when I get in the pit, I'm in the pit. Um, but when I can like dig down and find the beauty, like I'm in it and I'm there, you know, um, for photography for sure helps with that. Mm. So I think for me as a four, it it's, it is high highs and low lows. My, my cousin is an Enneagram four and has kids about your age. And I've just noticed like during COVID, it seems like there's a lot of opportunities to all, uh, be uh, drained by kids, but also a lot of like opportunity for like deep nostalgia. Like she writes about the parenting moments where it's like, Mm -hmm. she's really noticing things that uh, most other types don't. Do you feel like you're having yeah. like nostalgia moments with your kids? <laughs> oh, constant. Like yeah. in every moment, I feel like I could write a whole book or story. I, I like, I hold myself back because <laughs> I, I am definitely not like the rest of my family. I am definitely more the, the outcast and they would be like, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> 
so I I try to keep it light. But yeah, I I could write a novel on all the little moments and and see all of that for sure. I I relate, and it does feel like we're living in a moment in time, and so something's kind of happening. You know, that adds to it adds some kind of magic isn't the right word, but there's something something so different happening. It it adds a layer to life. Heavy meaningful weighty weighty maybe weightiness yeah i wonder if there's been anything that kind of the quarantine and the shelter in place and being with your family has kind of exposed about yourself or taught you about yourself that like maybe without that you might not have discovered oh well it's it's immensely helpful my husband's a nine um and we function really, really differently. <laughs> and he, um, he, I think one of the biggest things that the Enneagram has helped me with, with this is he definitely shuts down in a time of stress, like physically, like he's sleeping, like he's sleeping <laughs> and he's gone and you cannot access him. And learning that that is literally how his body processes and how he functions has been amazing like yeah. I'm like oh that's his nineness like and I am able to give him that space where I used to be like like wake up like yeah, what the heck hey, where are you where have you gone um and so that's been really helpful and then yeah. just kind of figuring out what I do in times of stress like I tend to go to that too and settling that down you know wow the real are reflections Oh, I, yeah, for sure. Scott's looking at me every time you say something because it's like <laughs> he's had to hear me say these things. <laughs> Inexperience them. Inexperience it happening. Yeah. Yeah. What's the final question? The final question is, I guess, is there any advice for f- other fours out there listening and even to myself of like ways to handle it or just words of encouragement to other fours out there in quarantine? You know, I don't know. I've just been trying. I mean, I think for fours, it's, we're good at finding the beauty, you know, in the pain. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a strength for us during this time. So I've been really focusing on that. And in times of stress, like right now, I feel so weird that I don't have my feet on the ground, like out there helping Mm -hmm. and that my time spent with my family. And I know that that's doing the good work in, in my own way, but I'm so used to working in the schools and, yeah. putting together crisis plans and that's not my mm. role right now um and being okay with that like mm-hmm. I'm helping in all the ways I can help um but I it's just not the time for that and to like be okay like with that it's mm. kind of icky but just like I don't know I, that's helped me mm-hmm. um but otherwise I don't, I don't know <laughs> no, you're not your feelings. You yeah. are not your feelings. Just the mantra. Just remember no, this. Your you thoughts are not. Your feelings. You, you are, are the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. That is so good. My name is Rachel Francis. I'm a Enneagram Four, Wing Three, self-pressed sexual. You know, and uh, I'm hailing from Dallas, Texas. When did you first get into the Enneagram, and how? Let's see. I was, I think it was about three or four years ago. I was at a, a queer Christian conference and it, it was just part of the conversation. Everyone was talking about it. Um, yeah. And I took the test and I did type as a four 
And I didn't want anyone to know my number. <laughs> so ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> That's so and, funny. I know. I was like, I can't let these guys know. Um, I have to present as like this really like sunny kind of like. Happy. Yeah. So, um, but then, you know, eventually you kind of like lean into it. You're like, oh, I like my number after all. <laughs> so, um, which I yeah, do. I think as a self-press four, that does seem to make the most sense in mm. terms of your response. Cause self-press fours are probably the most as they suffer just as much as other fours, but they're the least external about it. So it's probably yeah. exposing in that way. Yeah. Really exposing. Um, especially whenever you haven't like gotten to know th- these people on a deeper level and, and you're, especially I lean real hard at that three wing, I think ties into the, the self-press, but I, I, I do want to present in a certain way. It's real hard to be, oh, now you see it all. Here we go. How do you feel like your number, being a self-pressed sexual four, uh, how, how has that influenced your experience of quarantine? Um, I, think, I think being a four, just in general, um, I know... We, you know, especially being in a heart triad, we deal with kind of like we do care a lot what people think, and we're do, and we may deal with kind of you know, <laughs> all these. Things. And so I can really see myself going back to my younger, real, real unhealthy four tendencies, and I and I kind of tied that into, um, um, I think I I, I, did, I spent some time with some friends of mine who who are who are queer, and it was the first time in about. A month and a half and when I when I when I left I was like in a totally new persona hmm. and I think being able to feel just confident around them re- really helps so whenever I'm isolated and I don't have some sort of like occasional affirmation encouragement I, I I've seen myself become real uh, falling into those self-conscious tendencies and unhealthy four tendencies so yeah I mean, well, you kind of relate to that. Oh, I so relate to that. I feel, <laughs> I so relate. I feel like I'm struggling so hard because I like external motivation. I like to do something and someone to be like, "Good job, Macy. You're good at that." Yes. And yes. when I'm left to my own devices, oh, I'm gonna sit here and wallow and process and look back on life and it's existential around me. So yes, like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I need, I need some somewhere to go or someone to see that's going to bring me outside of myself yes yes oh the deep spiral <laughs> the spiral going and you hit month two of quarantine you're like good god get me out of here I'm sick of myself <laughs> it's <of> real <laughs> okay the last question that we've been asking folks is what words of encouragement or advice do you have to other fours out there in quarantine and this is kind of even just speaking to yourself okay oh that's good um there is a light at the end of the tunnel um what else can i say um that's good to remember <laughs> also is this a tunnel is that what this is <laughs> right right, right. <laughs> i'm uh, this tunnel this this tunnel. <laughs> So, some like encouraging words for fours. Um, you know, um, I, I, I see quarantine as like a opportunity to to have a fresh start. So us as four, we as fours are action repressed. So we're going through this very like 
this time where it's kind of hard to 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 like work on that so so i don't know i think for for us as fours we love to have like the worst thing happened to us and the best thing happened to us all in one day it makes the best thing so much more powerful right yeah <laughs> that is the most quintessential four thing to say I, i'm always like what because in the early days i did kind of think i was a four and then i was I, when i hear that stuff i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> and i mean it so much that's <laughs> uh, so much to like have sorrow and ecstasy all in one hour is just everything. <laughs> um, but I would say like this is kind of like a really long season of of uh, you know it feels like a lot of us are struggling in our fourness and, and all of us are. So I would say just keep your head up and wait for that light at the end of the tunnel because it's coming and and use this use it as a motivation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, God, I don't really have anything deep. That's no, this is perfect. That was deep. That <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you got to be deeper. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, Rachel. Bye, guys. All right. Bye. Hey, everybody. My name is Macy. I am an Enneagram 4, and I am talking to you all from Seattle, Washington, from my porch. So, Macy. Yes. Um, when did you first discover the Enneagram, and how did you know you were a 4? I ask this question all the time, but this is a tough one. I think it was the liturgist, hmm. maybe where I first heard it, or I think I just heard some things from it. And I wasn't sure if I was a two or a four for quite some time. Um, but I think, I think for me, it took a few weeks of learning what they were, all the numbers were, and then trying to self obs- self observe. And I think the thing that stood out to me so much that got me was like the ways that fours, and this is so embarrassing, but like kind of manipulate through their moods and having people walk on eggshells around them and having in and out hide and seek behavior, those things, I was like so embarrassed because I could think back to so many times where I had done stuff like that. So that was where I was like, gosh, that is me. And I can't believe I've been read for filth. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, and then also just, I love extreme emotions. Like my life is actually really roller coastery just day to day. And that that's just true. I'm like a very passionate person. And the Enneagram was really helpful language in being like, yeah, that's cool. Like there's other people out there who also love the intensity of emotions the way you do. And actually that's a really good part of you if you can continue to hone it in and not be absorbed by it. Oh, just let me ask a quick question before we get to the stock questions. But like, that's really interesting because I wonder sometimes when I hear you talk about like hide and seek behavior or manipulating through moods, like I'm I'm always wondering if like, okay, we know that about you. And so like, that's also something we can just accept and not be like, what's happening here? We're like, oh no, this is Macy. This is what Macy does. And that's fine. There's, yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, it's never been a problem. Right. Um, having said that, I always want to like bypass the quote unquote manipulation Right. I mean, like, what are you wanting to get out of the manipulation? I'll give it to you. You don't have to I know, and I do think, that. You I know? think that's the thing for me where I'm still learning to even get in touch with that so much. I I said this in the last episode. It was like catching myself five minutes later. Mm-hmm. Like, I can yeah. even think of us this morning. <laughs> I was in the mood. I think that's why I brought it up. I was like, huh. Because I mean, I'm like, if you if you want attention, you've got my attention. 
it's if like you I want, w- if you want if you want um, to be complicated, I guess maybe that's part of it. Like I'm not an easy person. I know. I think this morning we <laughs> here we go. So funny. A, a foretaste of t- next week, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was I wasn't quite even sure how I was feeling. You know, I was feeling lots of different things. So I think part of it too is navigating for me like. I don't even necessarily mean to be as temperamental as I am. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's like letting things go and being more direct. I even have a hard time f- figuring out what emotion I'm feeling. Cause I'm both feeling hurt and a little mad and then also worried for your feelings too. Uh, right. Yeah. It's you know, tough. like that's all to happening. Thinking about. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay. Oh, there it is. Moods. <laughs> um, so how, so how have you been spending your time, uh, and how do you feel like your number has influenced your experience of quarantine? Yeah. So I worked at a childcare school center. And so my job was being with people all day and uh, quarantine came. And I feel like I'll just say this. I also be like, am go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Say it. Give say it. Give it. Uh, give us the juice. It is the <laughs> real juice. It's time. <laughs> this is the time. Like the I time has come. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People really have to search for this bit of information, but the true <laughs> listeners and the true people are truly committed. We'll get it. Okay, okay, okay. So as quarantine began, I was both going right through a breakup. Mm-hmm. and You could have never known what you were getting yourself I into because you didn't know it was going to sync up with a quarantine. I did not know. A national I did not know. quarantine. And it, it, that, I don't think that would have changed it, but it still was like, I mean, it's like almost marked like the, by the days of when I left, went back home and stopped going to school with when the breakup week happened. So that has added like a huge flair to the quarantine, especially as a four, I think. I, this has allowed for a lot of, a lot more space and time to process Mm -hmm. than I could have expected. And I've both loved that and like been tormented by it at the same time. Um, I must, it's given, it's given you like a smorgasbord of opportunities to, of emotions to feast on and think about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It has. It has. I feel so exposed. Um, So that's been interesting. It's been ups and downs. Like, it literally has been such ups and downs and day by day. Uh, In the beginning, it was really hard because I really love my job and missed working with kids. And I was frustrated by having to work from home, but then also feeling at the same time, like, there's things I get to do by Zooming with kids that I never got to do before. And so there's actually some really cool things happening. So I loved that. And then I'm also like, I get to paint more and I felt more open as an artist than I have in a long time. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I had a shedding of a skin and I feel, I felt really passionate about my art. So quarantine has been such a cool space and that I've had a little bit more time. So now I'm on furlough. I was originally working from home and, but not working as many hours and there's just like less structure. So I... Loved and hate that because I like external motivation and I do better when I have tasks and people that are relying on me. And yet, I also 
am probably at my best when I'm doing something that's because I'm passionate and self-driven by. And so the space has been really nice for me to actually pursue those projects. And so it's been both, yeah, I don't know. It's been really good and bad in a lot of ways. At this point now, we're eight weeks in and I'm on furlough. I actually am settling in and a really new good way. I feel like I have seems so like many things that I can do with this time and I feel motivated to use this space creatively, which is good. I feel like it took me eight weeks to get here though. <laughs> I feel like you've made some really good decisions for yourself. Maybe. Yeah. I'm, I'm really trying. So Susan Sabil talks about rhythms and patterns and cause I think I like even I'm not great at making lists or setting up a schedule for myself that doesn't work for me and that becomes really frustrating to me. Um, and so I have been thinking about, but how can I still find some sense of rhythm in my life? Because even though those are frustrating to me, having nothing is not great for me. Like I will float and I could go all day sitting, listening to podcasts, cleaning, dyeing my hair, taking a shower, <laughs> cleaning again, sitting more, and just, like, the day's gone by, and I feel great about it. I want to make a montage of you doing those things with those descriptions, with that exact soundbite over it. <laughs> you know? That would be really fun. <laughs> but it's like, I could do that, go on a walk, like, and I'll do that for days, days mm -hmm. in a row, and it's, I'm content. Yep. But then it's, I look back, and I'm like, hmm. I probably would wish I could do, I could do more with that time and I have more to offer than that. And so then I get dissatisfied thinking about that. So I've been really trying to instill some new habits, which we've kind of started an accountability group, you, me and Maddie of every day we're reading A Course in Miracles together, which has been so good because it makes me wake up, get coffee going, sit down and like do something to start my day, which is just a rhythm mm -hmm. right there. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's that's it. Nope. Do you have any advice for the fours? Oh, advice for the fours. Uh, yeah, I do. I have I have lots of advice, but I'll be chill about it. Um, <laughs> be chill, please. I think day by day is like the thing that I have to remember. Like, just take it step by step, minute by minute, day by day. Like the feeling that you're feeling right now, if you're in this like headspace of hopelessness, is not your forever feeling, and that's something that I've had to kind of grapple with. Like, even like on a day like. There's multiple times in the day where I'm like, the world is ending. You're stupid. This is crazy. Like, I, I can get into those negative thoughts. And I think just remembering that this is like that feeling is temporary and you like it's not the only feeling and you're not stuck in that. Um, I also think embrace the chaos of this and like flow with it. You know, like this is what is happening and kind of embracing the nostalgia of it and embracing the the uniqueness of this situation and trying to make the most of that. Um, and then my other thing, my last thing is to just continue to practice being like content with the present. I, I think I spent half my day like <laughs> both like longing for what was and then also like fearing the change that's coming of going back it's like I always feel a little bit dissatisfied and I really noticed that in this whole COVID thing of just like 
being fixated on the wishing what was. And so for me, it's like everyday practicing, like being present and content with what is and what is right now is, is, is telling you something and is, it is what's happening. So pay attention to that and be living in that, you know? So there's my advice. That is good advice. I love you for it. You're out there killing it in quarantine. (laughs) Keep it up. Type one, the reformer, the teacher, the activist, the crusader, the moralist, the perfectionist, the organizer. Basic fear of being bad, defective, evil, corrupt. Basic desire to be good, virtuous, in balance, to have integrity. Super ego message. You are good or okay if you do what is right. Hi, everyone. My name is Jess Stunt, and I am calling in today from Sacramento, California. And? What number? And <laughs> I'm an Enneagram one. Yes, you did a great job. Our first question we've been asking folks is, when did you first kind of encounter or get into the Enneagram? And what was it about the one where you were like, oh, I'm a one? Whoa. <laughs> Man, I feel like for me, it was kind of inspired by one of my favorite um, podcasts, besides No Small Thing, called The Liturgist Podcast. <laughs> yeah, and oh, we know the episode. <laughs> They really deep dive into that. And I, um, similar to a lot of people, I seem, it seems that I kind of understood who I was based off of the basic fear of a one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being kind of the, the ethical dilemma of good and bad and whether I am kind of following that. And um, yeah, I think that's kind of what, what stuck out to me. And um, someone once said, like, you really know it's you when you start to read it and then you start to cringe and you're like, oh, no, is that really me? Yeah. <laughs> How can it be? So that's, it, oh, gosh, I guess that was like maybe three or four years ago. Yeah. Spend some time. Okay. So <laughs> what is your current COVID situation? What are you up to and kind of how's your daily life been going? Yeah. Yeah. So I have been, um, I actually have moved during COVID world, um, which has been totally sudden and crazy. And as an Enneagram one, I'm like, what the heck is structure and consistency? Because I'm not getting any of that right now. So oh, no. I, I was previously living in Oakland um, with an awesome house, Best house. Um, working in the Bay Area. Still, I'm working there. I feel very lucky to still have a job. Um, but with all the crazy going on, I just really felt kind of compelled to find structure at home with my family. How has it been for you, like as a one, having to completely adjust kind of both schedule wise and then also, I guess, the expectations, you know, it's like you were good at your job and now your job's totally different. Um, So how has that been affecting you? Yeah, I think um, my natural way of coping with things that are um, new and uncertain is to kind of draw back and kind of draw away from having to deal with that reality. Um, And I think I've had to really reframe it as an opportunity to use this time to um, really learn how to be flexible and learn how to think on my feet and pivot quickly. Mm -hmm. I, the idea of that 
I hate it. Like, I don't want to have to do that. I would rather plan my life out year by year by year. But I think um, the the situation with work, the situation with moving out of my home, um, nothing is normal right now. Everything is upside down on its head. So yeah. I find a lot of comfort in that. And I think the the way that it's, it's just such such a normalized situation because, again, nothing is constant. So I think I'm able to use that momentum and energy of being like, all right, what can I learn today about being flexible? And I have a lot of really sweet friends um, that are way more flexible than I am and way more spontaneous. And so with them around me, it's so helpful to have um, just different ways of seeing life and watching them walk through this season, especially, but also just life in general. So I think that's been a a healthy um, kind of way for me to cope with this idea of no um, structure or predictability at this point. Do you have any like advice or thoughts to share with other ones out there? You know, like maybe even just words of comfort. Ones could really use this time to cultivate um, the people that we want to become and Mm. to Mm. see like the actions of other people and um, whether it's through connecting on different mediums and platforms, but being able to like use those connections as a point of, of grounding. And maybe that can be your structure. Maybe setting up um, phone calls with people that you love weekly could be a, a really grounding thing for, for people. And I also would say to ones like really um, quiet the voice of the, mm-hmm. the self-judgment and the voice of um, just uh, imperfection because it's okay. There's nothing about the situation that's perfect or normal. And um, I think that there can be a lot of comfort found in knowing that we'll come out on the other side more more aware of who we are and, and hopefully more um, loving to others too. Hi, my name is Jack. I'm talking from Seattle, Washington, and I'm an Enneagram One. Okay, we have Jack not on Zoom. This is our first in, in-person interview, and Scott and I are splitting a mic here, so we'll pass it back and forth. Jack, the first question we've been asking folks is, when did you first get into the Enneagram? And I guess for you, when did you first kind of discover you were a one? Because you thought you were a five for a while. Um, okay, so I say I've been into the Enneagram for probably four years now. Yeah, I was around in seventh grade when I started looking at that. And for a very long time, I did think I was a five. There was kind of the, like I identified with the social five wing six because it still had some of that same perfectionism and desire for order. But I think especially going into high school and, you know, making friends, I've started to realize that a lot of probably what I saw as being a five when I was younger was probably just a lack of actual friends. So, yeah, but I think being in a healthier place now has been helpful in, you know, identifying as a one. Jack's my son, everybody. First <laughs> also, just so you know, <laughs> and so we're all here probably physically, that. um, uh, so we're trying to ask people, Jack, like how, how do you think your number is essentially interacting with sheltering in place and COVID-19 and all that? Like, like how have you changed or adapted or things like that? Changed and adapted. Well, um, 
I'd say during this quarantine, in particular with my family, I've become very strict with them. Because normally, you know, I'm not at home all the time. So I have other things to control, like at school. But especially now, it's like I have a very strong desire to kind of keep order in the household. Because people don't listen. And <laughs> that's... It, it's honestly infuriating sometimes. And I... <laughs> There is a significant demand in the family, or, well, my family here, um, for a voice in maintaining order. And that's what I've been trying to be, even if that's not what people want. I guess maybe what has been your, like, day-to-day life? We've been asking folks that, too. Like, what's your day-to-day life? And are is your temperament enjoying this change or is there is it mostly frustrating for you this is going to get into a little bit of a rant Go for it. about my school but originally we had a very functional schedule where we had three rotating blocks every day so okay. it's like the first day we would have math spanish history and then the next day we would have um english science and then math And that would just continue to rotate every day. And it made a lot of sense. It was perfect. (laughs) It was the same kind of thing every day. But then we got a new schedule. And they introduced these periods of asynchronous work time where I can't control anyone. And (laughs) there are no rules to what you're doing there. You're just doing something. And there it's... (laughs) It is honestly just one of the most, like, stressful concepts to me. It's like a free period? Yeah. But but you're on Zoom together? There's like, well, you're not even on Zoom together. It's like you could be if you wanted to, but you don't have to be. And I don't know. It just... Lots of gray. I I want to be the one managing that. (laughs) And, you know, it's like, it just doesn't work. I know it doesn't work. I hear from other people that it doesn't work. And I'm like, what if I had the power there? You're like, there's a like, better way to yes, do this. Yes, there is. There is. <laughs> and uh, anyways, yeah. I guess this also, I'll hand the back, the mic back that's got a second. But I guess also makes me wonder, what is your response in terms of not just like in in your own daily life around COVID, but like, are you having reactions around how the, like, the country is handling oh. it or the way this this is all happening. I mean, okay. I I like thinking about, you know, different sides of arguments. I think it's a valid process to go through. But also in the end, there in a lot of cases is a right way to do something and a wrong way to do something. <laughs> and in so, so many ways, we are doing this wrong and i hate people and i want them to listen no caveats just i hate people (laughs) okay i uh, just the fact that people cannot listen when they need to be listening is just so infuriating because like yes protest is good if you want to fix something that's wonderful but you're killing people like, stop. It really just should not be a difficult thing to do. 
But I don't know. I guess liberty and freedom's always been a big part of American culture. Okay, I wonder, Jack, if there's been aspects of the quarantine life that has helped you to grow or see new sides of yourself. I don't (laughs) self-reflect. So, no. I love that. (laughs) I'm just going to be completely honest there. I appreciate that. The honesty is nice. The honesty is nice. Do you have any advice or comments or words of affirmation for other ones out there who are listening in the midst of quarantine? Oh, I guess just like do your best in this time. It's like, it's pretty easy to just like give up on existence right now. I know like this sucks for everyone. Nobody likes this, but I'd say the least anyone can do is just try to put effort into limiting the spread of this disease. And, you know, if you're complaining about your liberties and you're outside protesting about the fact that you can't get a haircut, then that's evil. You're evil. So please just, like, try as hard as you can. And if you are one, also just remember, be nice to people. Like, as much as it is easy to get very much so angered over people doing what you see as wrong. Like in the end, like quarantining together with other people is not going to cause hundreds of deaths. And, you know, it's better for everyone, just especially in terms of mental health. If you just try and be a, a positive force as opposed to a negative one during quarantine as hard as it can be. Yeah. Because it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's cathartic for folks to hear. Hi, everybody. My name is Maddie, and I'm talking to you guys from Seattle, Washington. And I'm an Enneagram One. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Maddie, this is so nice. I mean, I will just have to say, in the the context of this whole episode, everybody... uh, this is just going to probably be right in the middle. We're going to go in an odd uh, order, I think. Yeah. But for all our, for, for all the work, <laughs> I don't even have words anymore. This is our last interview. So it's not going to be the last interview in this episode, but in this one, it's nice. Time moves yeah, both the finale. ways. Time moves both ways. Um, Maddie, we've been talking to people and having them start by saying, um, when did you first encounter the Enneagram and how did you know you were one? Mm, I first encountered the Enneagram on Dodie Clark's Instagram. A unique answer. um, In 2015 or 16. Ooh. A while ago. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. And at that point, I, like, paid the $12, took the ready. (laughs) How did I first know I was a one? I thought I was a four. And then... I like realized over summer that the four wasn't really fitting. And then I learned about the um, inner critic of mm. the one. And that really um, solidified for me that I was a one because I have a very strong inner critic. Okay, Matthew, how are you doing as a one in quarantine? Bad. 
Um, Thank you for the honesty. Uh, I also have like a mental illness, so that's part of this too. Um, I thought I would like it more than I do. Mm-hmm. I'm able, in theory, to like really decide my own routines, um, but I'm fa- finding it very hard to stick to them. I also like I'm missing my old routine. I'm an introvert as well, and I do not have all of the alone time that I used to have. Um, <laughs> That's basically me being around all the time. I mean, it's not your fault for existing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, COVID is making it harder to like not be seen. Like I'm always seen all the time. Yeah. Um, but as a one. Today I got mad at myself and another person. I went on a run in the middle of the day in Seattle on a Saturday. Is it Saturday or Friday? It's Saturday. It's Saturday, which was like a dumb move. I should not have. Lots of people. Yeah. And then I was walking up the stairs of the Fremont Bridge and then someone was coming down and I was like, oh, no problem. I'll just walk down and like get out of their way. And then I turn around and there's somebody coming up the stairs as well. And I was trapped, and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. Could you walk down the stairs for me? Like, I'm trying to, like, social distance. And he was like, no. (gasps) And I, like, didn't know what to do. I was like, hey. And then I, like, just, like, walked past him. (gasps) And then I waited. The person came down the stairs as well, and she, like, made eye contact with me and was like, oh, I'm sorry. That's so I was like, bad. I was really mad at him. I was like kind of fuming. I was like, what the heck? I like yeah. live with somebody who was immunocompromised. I'm trying to do my best. I shouldn't have gone on this run. So I'm mad at myself as well. What are you going to do? So there's really, there's a lot of rules to, um, to navigate as a one during quarantine. And I'm having to choose to not always follow all of the rules for my own sake. Um, which is hard. Well, have you been learning anything about yourself during this? I mean, even though you've sort of already answered that. Yeah, I think I, I, I did learn about myself that I'm more of an introvert than I thought. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I didn't realize how much alone time I had built into my schedule before the everything got shut down. Yeah. And so it was a big shock to my system to be like, oh, shoot, dang. Um, this, I'm like, I would be like a two day period and then I would like feel absolutely insane. And like, I was like, like nothing in my body felt right. I couldn't feel myself. And I was like, what is wrong with me right now? And then I was like, oh, I haven't been alone in 48 hours. That's the problem. And I think part of it, too, is that I was coming down from, like, I'm normally around lots of kids, and I normally have lots of things. So it's like, well, I'm here with Maddie, and I have so much extra social energy that I don't know what to do with. And so I think in some ways we were both kind of missing each other. I think we found a bit more space and figured it out more. But I think in the beginning it was hard for both of us. Yeah, it for sure was. Okay. Because oh, Macy and I live together. You know that if you listen to other yes, podcasts. Yes, yes, we do. Um, do you have any advice for ones out there? Wear masks. Don't go outside. I'm really done with quarantine right now, if you can't tell. That's my <laughs> mood at the moment. Matthew's mood is, I hate COVID right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm mad at a thing that doesn't, can't receive my anger. <laughs>
Hi, my name is Hannah. Um, I'm calling from Seattle, and I'm in Enneagram 1. Yay! Woo! And Hannah was on our Enneagram 1 episode. And our 8. And our 8 episode. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> All right, so the first question we've been asking people is, how did you first encounter the Enneagram, and how did you discover your number? Um, well, I'll give the abridged version. Um, I encountered the Enneagram because um, Scott and Macy were leaders at the youth group I went to. And one time I walked in on a leader meeting and they were talking about it. And I was like, what's this? And they were like, it's the Enneagram. And I said, oh, wow, it's really interesting. I like personality tests. And they're like, oh, no, no, it's not a personality test. And I said, oh, okay. And then they told me about all the different types and the shortened way and I was like hmm okay I feel kind of I don't know what I am and then Scott said oh you're probably an eight we don't do anymore we don't do that anymore no no but no we don't do that that's where we were at at that point and that's fine um <laughs> so that happened and I said oh I guess I'm an eight and so I was like yeah you Jeez. know what I'm an eight after I did some more research took a test um and so I thought I was neat for a while, but then after a long time of just like going through all these different thought processes and you can check it out on the Enneagram one episode. Yep. Um, Plug. One. Plug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I had a big conversation with Scott and Katie, Katie Thomas, who was the interview for the first Enneagram two episode. And the second. And she's in this episode. And the second, wow, this is so special. <laughs> um, I had a big conversation with them, and it was a lot of tears, and it was a lot of realizing that I have this really negative inner voice inside of me, um, and it kind of fuels all the different things I do, and like it fuels a lot of my insecurities and makes me act in a way that um, makes me feel like I have to be perfect all the time um, and keep up keep up appearances. Um, so that's how I discovered it. So there's the cold hard truth there. And now, Hannah, how are you doing in quarantine? Well, you know, quarantine is quarantine. Um, and that's the fact of the matter. And um, <laughs> it's hard because I have realized that I like being around people, um, living around people who sh can share my energy. Um, although I like places I can retreat to within that space. Um, and... I'm now in my childhood home, um, and that's been fine, but mm, I live with just my parents and my grandma, and they do not tend to share the energies that I have, and I don't get that kind of interaction that I was getting when I was living um, on campus at UW. Yeah. Um, so that's tough. Um, it's also really frustrating. I, this is, like, a typical classic, like, one sort of vibe, but, like, I it's frustrating to me seeing people so many people going outside in parks like one time recently I was driving by Green Lake and I saw so many people on like the little like path on Green Lake like it's fine I'm fine with people going outside and like like getting their well-needed like vitamin d and like mm. sun and air and freshness and nature that's wonderful but man can you find like a more quiet like less people filled space like you can't maintain six feet of distance all the time like with so many people that's so challenging like 
you're just making it hard on yourself. Like, I just, I just get so nervous. And what's really hard is I hold myself to such high standards. And I've realized a lot of people in my family do as well. With like, morally, we just feel obligated to like keep the community safe and like, and like any sort of little interaction we could have, we could, you know, pass on coronavirus in some way. And so I just, I just. I feel like I'm doing my part by like keeping the community safe and it irks me when I see other people going out of their way to spend time with, with people who I know they're not quarantining with. And, um, just like, I just feel like it's making it harder and it's the recovery time will be longer. Hannah, do you feel like you learned anything about yourself during quarantine? I just broke up with someone recently um, and that's been like a throughout the relationship it was a it was like there were ups and downs as all relationships have them um, and it was tough because we both felt like things were going really well before quarantine and then we got split up because of it um, and so things kind of went south and then mm. it kind of just had to end um which is really that's unfortunate tough. and yeah that's been hard um also like I find it hard to reach out to people um and I also make it hard on myself when other people reach out to me because I've talked about this with Scott but like I feel uncomfortable when people try to like if there's a lot of pressure when people just like call me and I don't know that they're gonna call me and I'm just surprised when I see like so-and-so's FaceTiming you. Hey, a cold me call. Out. Hey, a cold call. It's, Hate a cold it's call. It's so stressful. The worst. It's so Get that stressful. out of my face. Yeah. Yeah. Don't need that. Don't want that. And no, thank so that's, that's a lot. But then also, like, there's also pressure if, like, bef- like way beforehand, people are like, oh, so let's call it this time. And then just, like, a lot of anticipation gets built up about it. And so then I get nervous and I think, like, oh, no. Oh no! There's no um, winning. And, mm, <laughs> and there's no winning, mm. so I don't. It, it's really tough. Um, but usually, I mean, actually, every time after I get off the call, I'm like, "Wow, that was really great, good, fun interaction time," and I needed that. Um, so I have little reminders around me that I have this one post-it note that says, "What if it goes really, really well?" Oh, um, that's like, good. Remind myself to like break that narrative that thought process um it hasn't been working well but that's okay we break through and find other methods do you have any advice for ones during this season for ones during this season man just make sure that you're taking care of yourself do the things that are helpful and healthy for you if it's really help like i think what i probably need to do is like make a list of the things i know can like help me feel better and help me feel great. Um, recently I've been getting outside. I've been biking. Um, I'm not that good at biking. It's hard, but it's been nice to move my body and to like, I don't know, enjoy the outside times. Um, so I'd say getting outside, figuring out the people who are important to you and making, setting up a way to, I don't know, regularly check in, um, make sure you're getting that kind of time if that's what you need. Um, and yeah, just keeping in touch with your body and your senses and making sure that you're doing 
what is helpful and healthy for you. Eating, drinking, getting out of bed at a nice time. Yeah. All right, we're going to... Call it a day. We're going to know we have to interview Maddie. <laughs> oh, we're going to interview Maddie really calling quick. Calling it a day. Yay, All right. Okay, yay. We love you. Bye, Hannah. Okay, bye. I <laughs> love you. Enneagram type three, the achiever, the motivator, the role model, the paragon, the communicator, the status seeker, the best. Basic fear of being worthless without value apart from their achievements. Basic desire to feel worthwhile, accepted, and desirable. Super ego message. You are good or okay as long as you are successful and others think well of you. Hi, I'm Avery. I'm talking from Seattle, and I'm an Enneagram 3. Avery is my daughter. Um, <laughs> so Avery, we want to know to start like, oh, um, where, um, how, how do you, how do you feel like you discovered your number? Like, what was it about a three? What was the journey like for discovering your number? Um, well, at first I thought I was an eight cause I don't know. I was just like always really like open about my opinion and like, I never was like standing down and stuff, but I also realized that I have, like, a really, like, competitive nature and, like, like to, like, win and stuff like that. So I realized that I leaned toward more three, and that was really, like, my core number. I feel like both that three and the eight are very assertive. So I feel like that's where I was yeah. like, Avery's assertive type, you know? <laughs> Definitely. But I think, I think as life goes on, we realize, like, threes are so much more image conscious and aware of the social and aware of the way they're being perceived by people, as where eights are just, like, out there doing it and not caring as much yeah that's what my dad was saying he was like because I'm like a lot more image conscious and like if I was an eight I'd just be like doing whatever I wanted and not really like worrying about it but I do worry about (laughs) it like a lot how you'll be perceived yeah yeah okay so what has been your switch up with quarantine like what's your daily life looking like now that you're not in school and stuff like that Well, I do online school every day. Well, not every day, not on like Saturday and Sunday, but I always make a schedule for myself like in the morning or the night before because I'll get like stressed out if I'm not like constantly like doing something like productive. So I'll always make a schedule be like, oh, from 10 to 11, I'm doing this and like then I'm doing this. So I just like want to be always doing something. I don't want to feel like I'm like just sitting around doing nothing. So that's usually what I'm doing. I usually try to like work out every day or like do something like that. And then I try to give myself like a little relaxing time. But like mostly I'm like doing things like all day. Um, Do you want to talk about like what your relationship like has been like with like clothes and fashion during COVID? Well, yeah, I guess um, I don't really I don't I like to dress up like I'm not just going to be like wearing like sweatpants and a sweatshirt and if I am I'll have like a really cute hairstyle and like I'll do my makeup to make it like look really cute so it's not just gonna be like casual like casual casual it's gonna be like every day I'll like try to pick out like a cute outfit for the day but I'm usually wearing like sweatpants or leggings like I'm not wearing jeans or anything but I like at least to be like a little dressed up so I could like feel cute but one of the unique things I think that about like you being a three and I think other threes out there will probably relate to this is the 
the stress you've been experiencing about like people not being able to see your outfits and you not being able to like show off your clothes. Yeah, that's why social media is really helpful for me because I just, I don't really know what the point of having a cute outfit if I'm not going to be showing anyone. So I, it's like helpful for me to like post on TikTok or Instagram or something. So I'm like, I'm wearing a cute outfit. Here it is. You get that external input. Yes. I feel that. I feel like I've been changing because I'm so close to my wardrobe. I'm like, I have an outfit for the morning. I have an outfit for the afternoon. I have an outfit for the evening. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I like, especially at night. Like I know right now I'm not like super dressed up, but like I've been like picking out like super cute outfits for like dinner. I'll come down in like a dress or a skirt or like a jeans and like a cute shirt because I just, I don't know. It's like really fun. And I've been like experimenting with so many different outfits. Like I have like a whole new wardrobe because I'm like thinking of so many cute things. It's so fun. So many new pairs that so you didn't have the time things. to I know. put together. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Okay. How have you been doing socially? Like, has this been, how are you feeling? <sighs> Not great. I <laughs> hate not being able to like interact with people. Like I don't really know what to do when I'm like by myself. It's so stressful just to be like, here I am. What am I going to do? I don't have anyone to talk to. But I mean, I've been FaceTiming people a lot. I try to at least talk to like one or two of my friends every day. Cause if I didn't, that would not be good. And I'd get, like, even more stressed. So I just, like, try to talk to people as much as I can. Like, keep in contact. Yeah. As much as possible. Avery, we're ending we're by saying if, if you have any advice for threes out there during COVID. Um, well, my advice, and I probably should do this more myself because I'm really not, is just to, like... Make sure you're giving your, uh, yourself enough time to, like, chill out and, like, reflect on, like, how you're actually feeling and stuff. Like, that's what I was saying about, like, why crying feels so good because I haven't been able to do that in a while because I've been just trying to keep myself, like, so productive and so, like, I'm wanting to, like, do things all the time so that I don't have to think about it. But it's really important that you should and just, like, take time to, like, do what makes you happy. Yeah. So good. Avery Gronholtz, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, my name is Emily Mandigi, calling in from Spokane, Washington, and I am an Enneagram 3. Woo! Yes. So fun. And for anyone yeah. listening, Emily was on our Enneagram, our most recent Enneagram 3 episode, and we mm -hmm. talked about wings and variants, and it's good. I sent that to a friend just the other day who's a 3. When, oh. did, you, when did you first... As briefly a as brief you recap, can. A brief recap. What was your first encounter of the Enneagram? What kind of got you into it? And how did you kind of feel like, oh, I'm a three? What stood out to you? So um, I heard about the Enneagram probably after I graduated from college. And I was at a party. My friend was like, oh, have you taken the Enneagram? I thought it was a personality quiz. But it turns out it's way more complicated than that. Um, I read the descriptions and there was like no question I was any other number, but a three, it was all me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I feel like in general, it's, we've been asking a little bit more, like what's your situation for COVID outside of the Enneagram? What are you, what are you guys up to? What's your occupation? How have you, how's your life changed from COVID? Thank you, Macy. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> totally. So actually it's so funny that you mentioned that because our life has changed 
dramatically. And it's because we are travel bloggers and photographers for a living and we're stuck at home. So we're not traveling anywhere. We're not shooting anything. So we have had to find a major pivot in continuing to make money and figuring out how we are going to like keep our job alive during this time. It's been fun, but it's also been pretty challenging too. Thankfully, we have just a bunch of like hikes we haven't covered yet, but Mm -hmm. we've taken pictures of. So we've got a huge backlog of things to write about, but we're also trying to figure out how to kind of be present with our audience now. And that's kind of morphed into like being outside, but being outside in our yard. So we're doing a lot of yard work and sharing it all in Instagram stories. And that's been really fun. We wouldn't have ever done that before, but that's the way we're connecting with our audience right now. So good. Yeah. Uh, How do you feel like your, your, your number has been influencing your experience or engagement with quarantine shelter in place? Uh, yeah, actually I have found myself to be hyper productive, which I have seen these like memes and all these Instagram posts being like, it's okay to like kind of be off your game. It's okay to like not feel like you want to be motivated. But I was like, what the heck? I feel extra motivated. I'm like filling my days with literally any small task that I can do. And I think that is a like way to safeguard my brain from really thinking about the scary stuff. So I'm just being like a task rabbit doing anything on like my list, things that need to be fixed, blog post, random stuff that needs to be written. So that's kind of how I've been dealing with it as a three. Yeah. I mean, we have my daughter Avery talking about being a three, um, my coworker June talking about being a three. And it just, it just some, seems like the day is very task oriented, very driven. Avery is very rigid with her schedule and there's really no interrupting it. You know, it's like <laughs> she's got her goals for the day. Um, yeah, that seems to be a lot of the way threes manage. Yeah. I find that I do really well when I write down like goals to finish for the day. And if I check those things off, I'm like, man, I had a successful day and I can like sleep well. But Mm. if I didn't touch that list or things were not checked off, it's going to like eat away at me all night. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if in this COVID time, if there's been any kinds of new ways you've or anything new you've learned about yourself or maybe discovered about yourself with a bit more space or time. Um, can I kind of say something I've learned being married? Yeah. Please, please. Maybe that's kind of like half myself, I guess. Yeah. Well, one thing I've learned is especially marrying a seven is to let him do his thing. Because at first I thought it was, oh, we have to, we have to be on a schedule. We have to do everything together. You have to do all these workouts with me. You have to do all these <laughs> blog post tasks with me. But knowing Birdie and how he wants his freedom, I've just kind of like let him do whatever he wants for the day. And we have such a better time together. Yeah. <laughs> so smart, smart marriage hack right I, there. I've, <laughs> I've been a lot more relaxed and independent and Birdie has also been independent in what he wants to do with his day. And it's worked out really well for us, I guess. He doesn't need to do all the things with me. <laughs> That's what I learned. <laughs> we have one last question for you, which is for 
this is more directed towards the threes out there listening. If you have any okay. words of encouragement or advice for them from one three to another. You know, I'm not very good at this, so I'm going to give advice that I feel like I should take too. Yes. But it's okay to take a break. It's okay to have a break day. I struggle really hard on that because I feel like if I don't do anything for the day, I feel like I failed. But I do know that mentally it is great to like not be on the computer and be in the yard. So just maybe taking a day a week or something and not having a checklist, it will help. It helps my mental space a lot. So that would be my advice for threes. Good advice. I wonder <laughs> if it should even be on the checklist, like take a break. Yeah. Put it on the checklist. <laughs> you know what? I- Honestly, that would be really great for me. Take a break, check, cool. I, and then I, I feel like I accomplished the day. I've achieved yeah. at break taking. <laughs> well, I'm Steph. Everyone really calls me Steph. And I'm a three. Um, it's very evident in my life. And I'm calling from Tukwila slash South Center, Washington, from my living room. Okay, so Steph, when did you first get into the Enneagram and... When did you first kind of realize you were a three? Well, pretty sure it's my good old friend, McDoodle Pants. <laughs> she was Who's telling here? me about the diagram. Yeah, so Mick and Julian, who are both fives, uh, <laughs> they started listening to your guys' podcast. And I was like, what's this thing that my friends are into? I want to be into it too. Like, it sounds cool. And then so... Yeah, I started listening to you guys, and, like, I found out my Enneagram number just by reading the types. I didn't take a test. Um, and I was like, I was like, oh, I could be a two. And then I read three, and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm a three. What about the three stood out to you? Uh, I just feel like, um, like, if somebody wanted to know what type I was and they scrolled through my Instagram, they would be like, oh, she's a three. for for the for the casual listener who doesn't know you what is what does your instagram feed look like well i'm a rock climber and i work in the climbing industry and i climb a lot so for my professional life i'm climbing i'm teaching climbing i'm making climbs and in my personal life i'm climbing anything i can climb with all the people i can climb with um and so my instagram is just filled with pictures of me climbing um, inside and outside, uh, pictures of me with free stuff that, uh, people on Instagram reach out and like give to me. Um, oh yeah. Here's, um, and like, yeah, like as you could be like a climber and everything and you could have a climbing Instagram, but when you look at mine, I feel like it's pretty obvious that I put a lot of time and effort into ensuring that it's like quality content that gets put out there. And like, that's the whole thing with the three, like they want to be viewed as successful. So anyone that looks at my page will probably think, Oh my gosh, like she's, you know, the best really climber. Cool. She's so good at climbing. Gosh, her pictures are so cool. Like how do you get all those good pictures? Who takes your pictures? Like <laughs> how'd you get so strong? yeah okay so julian just said it's not about being the best climber because i'm definitely not but it's about making really good climbing content so pictures of me doing crazy things videos of me doing crazy things videos and pictures of me on just really nice looking rocks outside um where like 
whoever I hand the camera to, I'm like, okay, so you see the grid on the camera? You're going to put this part of the rock in this part of the grid and you're going to hold it there. Okay, well, I'll take a picture. This is for reference. This is what I want it to look like. Now I'm going to be in the frame right here. And Mick, Mick is laughing right now because she's been that person so many times. <laughs> it's so funny because I'm, my daughter's 13 and it's like, I don't know what else she could possibly be other than a three. And, oh. and it's, mm. she talks just like you and it's, it's like all day, every <laughs> no, <for> day, <laughs> um, even to the point where like, she's really competitive about being the best friend. She's like, I am the best friend. I'm the best at being the best friend. You know, <laughs> it's just like, she's even competing in friendship. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like when I was her, like, I know that, I know that she has like this friend and this friend, but like, I just really feel like I'm the best friend. <laughs> I just really feel like I know it. I just know. It. <laughs> it's amazing. I think too, like I've just been thinking about, we've been watching this thing called the last dance, which is a uh, 10 part documentary of Michael Jordan. And it's just like, there's obviously no other number. Michael Jordan could possibly be than a three. And it's like, he wins his first championship. And I'm like, this is a perfect snapshot of a three. It's like, he's literally, hugging and crying and kissing his trophy. It's like my trophy. Oh, you know, it's like he's just sobbing and holding it. And it's like, I would do that. Yeah. yeah. I was just even thinking about the picture with you with the money today. Like the money, the, the, the rewards. I love that. So what have you been up to since kind of quarantine has happened? What's has your life changed a whole lot? Yeah. Okay. This is a this is a multifaceted question. Yeah, so go for it. I don't normally spend a lot of time at home because my entire like being is just being social, like going places with people and seeing people all the time and just like just lots of interaction with people. And so not being able to do that has been really hard. Like I remember the first week or so, like I don't know, we had we had Mick over because I mean she's kind of like our not live-in roommate. So we would have her over and she'd be over here and like I would just start talking really loud. And Julian, my husband, would have to be like, You're talking so loud right now. And I'm like, really? Like I didn't even realize it because I'm just so excited to be like around another human. Um so that's really hard. That's really hard for me. Um, but I also took it upon myself to ensure the perfection of my entire apartment. Like I have this shared iPhone note with Mick and I called coronavirus productivity. And it has like my workout. And like, every time I do a workout, I do this workout and it has a list of all of these things that I wanted to get done. And one by one, I would just check them off and like keep adding to them. And she gets notifications every time things get added. And like, it just helped me get so much done. And like, I also rearranged, I rearranged our living room and I like put up all of these like really nice, like, yes. like art stuff. And I was just like, you know, it would be so cool. A thing that says our Wi-Fi. So I <laughs> like letterboards of our Wi-Fi password and I got as many plants as I could find and upon going outside of my apartment. 
uh, in my complex, there's this retaining wall that has these succulents that are just growing out of it. So I ripped those succulents out of the wall and I brought them home and I put them on my um, my balcony and now they're like more decorations. So I was like, if I'm going to be in this space for such a long period of time alone, like I want to be able to look up from whatever I'm doing and just enjoy my surroundings. And so it's just a lot of that and like a lot of doing laundry every time it needs to be done and like not letting any plates stay in the sink and just like cleaning <laughs> everything happens because there's this thing. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but like, this is so good. <laughs> they say that um, if you can do it in less than 10 minutes, you should, or less than two minutes or less than five, something like that. You should do it right now. So I've heard of that. Not yeah, not let anything slide. Nothing ever builds up. I like pretty much ninety five percent of the time have really low stress levels because I never feel like things are piling up around me, and I can just like sit and chill. But rarely do I ever sit and chill because when I sit and chill, I feel like like there's something I could be doing right now. Mm -hmm. Like my heart rate is so low, I need to get my heart rate up so I can you know make sure that I'm staying active. Yeah. So. Part of COVID is it's kind of like asking us all to slow down. And I wonder if there has been moments where <laughs> you've, facial you've been able to slow down or is that, is that not the reality for you at all? Um, so upon finding out that I was a three, I like made a pact with myself to try to challenge myself to like the unhealthy tendencies of threes. Like I just really wanted to challenge myself to like, challenge that in itself so one of those things was like it was really huge for me like when someone else like has success it makes me feel like I have less success which is like 100% not true but that's like a thing where unhealthy threes go to I feel like yeah so like me taking that head on but then when when COVID happened I was like all right like I'm gonna go 80 miles per hour and I'm just gonna zoom around my house and get everything done um, and then I really quickly ran out of things to do and it started to make me anxious. I was like, there's, what can I do right now? Like, I could just go out and go for a walk or something, but that doesn't actually, I don't feel like that really accomplishes anything, but, um, which in order to combat that, like I have, I still have to feel like my mind is stimulated. So I've been rewatching all of my favorite animes, like oh, nice. all of them. And in our shared note, our coronavirus productivity list, I have a list of all of the seasons of things that I have consumed. So I've listened to this audiobook and this audiobook and this audiobook and this one. And I've watched through this entire series and this entire series and this entire series. Oh, so, even that's turned into like a task of sorts. Who likes lists more? Ones or threes? Yeah, lists. I don't know, but both of them love them. <laughs> I have no lists. I don't have any lists. <laughs> but I think fives probably generally like also like lists. Lists are a joke Six. to me. If I put something on the list, it's never going to get done. Six is like, like lists. <laughs> We're ending this, uh, our little segment with people with them offering advice or words of encouragement to other like threes out there listening. So Steph, what are your words to threes? I mean, this is me speaking directly into my own face is to just calm down, bro. <laughs> That's like, good. We got to make an Instagram down. slide of that. <laughs> calm down, bro. Calm down, bro. Just calm down. Like, just like be a little bit lazy. It's okay. It's okay to be lazy, especially right now when like it's more work just finding things to do. Yeah. That's all. So good. That is really good advice. Enneagram three advice. You know, I can let you know you can take some advice in fours and fives. We know how to be lazy. Yeah. At least I know <laughs> how to be lazy. So. <laughs> All right, so should we get to Michaela? <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Steph. Thanks, Steph. 
Enneagram Type 6, the loyalist. The guardian, the true believer, the doubter, the troubleshooter, the traditionalist, the stalwart. Basic fear of having no support and guidance, of being unable to survive on their own. Basic desire to find security and support. Super ego message. You are good or okay if you do what is expected of you. I'm Kaylee. I'm talking to you from Seattle, Washington, and I am an Enneagram 6. In a nutshell, when did you first get into the Enneagram, and when did you first kind of discover and feel at home in a 6? I first discovered the Enneagram through you guys, Scott and Macy. Um, <laughs> you drug me down the path of... <laughs> These stories. <laughs> ...of discovering more about who I am. Um it's been great. It's been a, a great and interesting journey. Um, I pretty much knew I was a six from the beginning. I, at first I was like, oh, maybe I'm a two, but then I kept reading and I was like, no, 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 no. no. I'm afraid of everything. <laughs> I'm a six. <laughs> Scanning every situation for what could go Scanning wrong all the time. Danger. <laughs> I feel like as a six, my first guess would be that this would be like a terrifying time for you, but it doesn't seem as if that's the case. Would you want to explain a bit more about that? Yeah, it's, and we've talked about part of this, Macy, but I'll, I'll mm -hmm. go into a, a different anecdote in a bit. But the first part is I haven't really been afraid of COVID. Um, I have prepared my entire life for a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> when You're ready. <laughs> I don't think I've ever even thought about it until now. <laughs> so when the news started like popping up about, oh, this thing is happening. My brain was just like, yeah. it's happening. It is time. I am ready. I'm prepared. I can survive. Wow. <laughs> I bet some sixes are going to really relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> and so when the shelter in place order was issued, I was like, yeah, I have mm -hmm. three weeks of food in my house, two weeks in my car. I two weeks in survive. my car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I didn't need to because, like I said, I'm still going to work and yeah. kind of functioning as normal. Mm -hmm. So then the other part of like how I'm doing is, like I said, I haven't really been afraid of COVID, although it is an issue, like it is a serious thing to be um, aware of. But what I've been nervous and worried about is or are the people. Um, hmm. When I read the news, it's like thing after thing, tragedy after tragedy of people just not having things to do and doing terrible things. So I think about like, when I go outside to walk my dog, I am flashing up these news things that I uh, that are in my head of people being shot because they the the shooter was just bored, hmm. and all these like terrible tragic things that 
are so scary to me and things that I think about all the time. Not once on my radar. <laughs> not on my radar. Yep. What? I know, I know what you're saying. Not, <laughs> not not a single time. I think it goes one in the ear without the other. Although now it might be a little bit just because I heard that. And if, if my Kaylee's scared about something, I'm usually like, maybe I should be a little scared. Yeah. Just like this idea of like a pandemic, like I know you. You've always been someone who's prepared with food. And I remember thinking... I think it was for snow days or something where I was like, I want to be more like Michaela. Like she's prepared for this, you know, <laughs> she knows it's coming. You're expecting the worst case scenario. So now it's like, all right, you, you fools out there who thought this would never happen. I've of course been living like this is going to happen. And now I'm prepared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's probably, if, 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 if we could all learn something from that. I mean, I generally don't feel prepared <laughs> 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 for anything for in things, life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear well it's that thing of like the earthquake you know we live here in the northwest and we read about this earthquake that's coming and i'm kind of like it's it's more existential to me than like practical i'm like yes death happens and earthquakes and it's scary but i'm not like oh what am i going to do to prepare for that mm-hmm. i'm like uh, what can you do when it comes it's coming death is inevitable oh. yeah and it's a scary thought to me but i'm just not like yeah not prepared not prepared for an earthquake have no idea. No idea what I would do. I think about it all the time. <laughs> I think about what I would do in whatever location I'm in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the exit route set. The exit route. Survival route. Oh. I think that we, Kaylee should talk about the, what you plan for us all with the noodles. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Can you? Because <laughs> this was the best thing ever, first it of was, all. It was, it was. So sure. explain this process. Living into the seven wing. Yeah. Yeah. And I just also Playful. think the six of like, hey, let's get this family, this group of people back together. Like these, there's some safety in just being with your people. Nope. Nope. Yeah. It's a seven wing. Okay. <laughs> well, not whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think okay. it's true. It's true. So my idea, <laughs> I thought it, w- it went so well and it was so fun. Me too. Um, I had seen this video on YouTube because I also have a lot of time on my hands and I watch YouTube. Um, (laughs) And these people were doing a spicy ramen noodle challenge. And uh, in the video, they had eight different levels of spice and they together like over Zoom tried um, these spicy ramens together and they were like super hot and they were all talking with each other and um, it just seemed like such a cool idea. So I wanted to do that with our friend group. We did and it. We did. We did it. We had four levels of spicy and it was. It was, so it was, fun. it was, uh, idyllic. I mean, it was like picture perfect. In it was so, so many fun. Yeah. I can't look at ramen for a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done with ramen for so a little much. bit of time. And that last one was tough. My stomach kind of hurt the next day, but it was still very <laughs> fun and worth it. <laughs> much worth Talk it. about the rolls? Your delivery of the roll. Yeah, the way you set the whole thing up was just the most McKaylee. That McKaylee-y. was a very McKaylee way to do it. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I went to an Asian market, and I bought all the ramen in, like, big packs. And then I drove around to everyone's house, and I <laughs> delivered them to their porches, but I wiped them with uh, antibacterial mm-hmm. wipes. Yep. I delivered... Um, and you labeled them level one, level them. two, level three, level four. Yes. I delivered rolls that I had put gloves on to put into baggies. Um, 
just in case it was too hot and they needed some rolls. Perfect. Hawaiian rolls. <laughs> I appreciated them, honestly, Sweet throughout Hawaiian the whole rolls. time. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And then when it came time, you had done some research on the spice levels and how it all works. And I really was loving that. We had fun facts about the, what's the Scoville scale? Yeah. Yeah. Scoville scale. <laughs> so fun. Uh, advice? Yep. What What is your advice for sixes out there trying to cope with COVID times? Uh, my advice for me, basically. When things feel out of control, find little places of security and narrow the scope. My name is Misty Grieger, and I'm calling from Queen Anne from my home, um, from my living room that we call the city room, and I am an Enneagram number six. Perfect. What's the first question? I know I was Well, when did you first hear about the Enneagram? Was it from Scott? Let's see. I don't think so. I think that there was a lot of talk about the Enneagram. Um, gosh, I don't even know how many years ago now. And I was kind of interested, but then at the same time, Scott was very interested. And I think our paths crossed in terms of that conversation. And uh, Scott is definitely my biggest connection with the Enneagram for sure. <laughs> what were some <laughs> of the features of a six that stood out to you that made you feel like you were a six? Um, I think that idea of um, being prepared for the worst, always scanning and making sure everyone is okay is what stood out to me most of all. Especially as a, a six, my first guess for sixes is that they would respond to a pandemic with lots of fear. But I'm wondering upon a pandemic, how have you been feeling emotionally and as, as everything's kind of unfolded? I think the way that I deal with my fear. So I won't say that I don't have fear, but it's always um, from a perspective, it could always be worse Hmm. that way. I'm never, um, engulfed by the complete fear because Mm. it could always be worse. Mm. And so I'm always, um, future tripping on, uh, worst case scenarios so that when they happen, I'm prepared and it isn't the worst. Yeah. So, um, I'm kind of made for a pandemic because I knew something like this would happen. (laughs) This is exactly what the other six said. (laughs) That's so And not that I ever like really ruminated on a pandemic, but it's like if I'm in a theater, I'm kind of casually not from a place of fear, but just wondering, I wonder if today will be the day that somebody, you know, stands up and shoots people or will there be a tsunami? My husband insists that where I'm at, there's no way that a tsunami could get to you hurt get (laughs) I'm just always you know if we're driving I I think could that bridge go out and again it isn't like I'm so afraid but I'm just like thinking things you're running it through and how you would respond maybe mostly for me and this is kind of lame it's not like I have this big response plan but just like I don't want to feel the the depths of the pain or the hurt or the whatever the worst depth is. And so I go there. So it's like, I've already covered it. 
Hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like the only other number I thought you were in the, in the early days was a two because there are some similarities, especially just the way that you care for people. Um, and then and then you would go on a little rant like that, and I'd be like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, you're a six. <laughs> <laughs> so it, that, that two similarity for me during this pandemic time is, you know, I, I was brought up to not rock the boat and to make sure that um, that the chaos was kept at a, at a minimum. And I definitely find that I'm doing that during this time for others. It's mm. like where they're fearful. Um, I'm just, I just feel that I bring the opposite of whatever is present. Scott and I have talked about that before where um, if it's a voice that isn't being heard or if someone's feeling a certain type of way and needs to feel um, you know, needs to be reassured in a different way. That's, I, I find that I'm doing a lot of that now. I'm 55 or 54 or 56. Uh, ah, ah. Um, and a lot of my, a lot of my, my people are late twenties and early thirties. And so there's, there's that component of just being older during a time like this, that, going to be okay yeah who isn't in the room that, yeah. that's like your mantra mm-hmm. yeah super sweet um misty uh what what are some things you may have learned about yourself during quarantine um learned about myself i think it's affirmed things that i know about myself um Again, I'm, you know, that much older than the two of you. I'm not ancient, but I've learned a lot about myself. And I think that the affirming places have been, um, like, when this is all over, I will probably have a meltdown of some sort. Um, But in a crisis, it's not that I'm like the big, this is what we're going to do, but I'm able to hold the space. Yeah. Um, that provides safety and comfort for others emotionally. And, and I still see that. Um, we were talking a little bit before in the pre-interview. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the pandemic comes on the heels of, um, and this is Mental Health Awareness Month, so this kind of um, overlaps with that. But some uh, family, my daughter has had some mental health issues. They are doing better. And I find myself getting very emotional in those spaces right now because I have the space to do it. So I would imagine with COVID, I will do the same once it's over. Mm. Yeah, I feel like sixes have that sort of mentality. Like it's game time. Like right now it's game time. exactly. Misty, do you have any quick words of advice or just words of encouragement to other sixes or folks out there listening? I would just say that it, it is going to be okay. Um, I'm really confident of that. And if you can just, um, you know, breathe deep and take assurance and uh, reassurance and affirmation where you can, whether it be from friends or from nature or from um, your faith, it, it is going to be okay. Enneagram type nine, the peacemaker, the healer, the optimist, the reconciler, the comforter, the utopian, nobody special. Basic fear, 
of loss and separation, of annihilation. Basic desire, to maintain their inner stability and peace of mind. Super ego message, you are good or okay, as long as those around you are good or okay. Hello, my name is Haley. I'm talking to you guys from Ferrets, California, and I'm an Enneagram 9. Okay, Hales, when did you first figure out that you were a 9? So, I don't remember. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's good. Um, That's kind of 9-ish. It is. <laughs> it was, I mean, I started learning about this from you, mm-hmm. which I feel like is was when you started the podcast. So I feel like at this point it was like a couple – when did you start the podcast? This is our 100th episode. Like so literally two years ago. Two years ago-ish. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was going to say I think it was about two years ago when I first like started learning about the Enneagram and um, took some time to decide I was a nine, which <laughs> I think, you know, a lot of nines <laughs> experience. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, maybe like a year-ish ago when I like felt more solid in it, mm-hmm. I really wanted to be a seven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also just because like I could relate to a lot of the seven stuff as far as like travel and wanting mm-hmm. to go do these experiences and whatnot. And that was like, that's what I want my life to be. Um, but then I accepted, like, I do not have the energy of a seven. Like <laughs> that's not nowhere close. <laughs> um, yeah. So I feel like the parts of the nine that really like stood out the most to me was like the understanding kind of different perspectives and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that really like hit home for me a lot. Um, I could like reflect back on some times where my friends used to get mad at me in college. Like they'd be complaining about some like, authority person and right away like I wasn't trying to be annoying but I would just like respond with well I think like they're probably looking at it from this and they have like this job to do and they just like get angry at me (laughs) and (laughs) so I think that's what like was really nice to hear about a nine of just like that understanding different perspectives so I guess what is your current situation like it's what seven weeks into shelter in place, eight so. weeks, something like that. A long time. It's been a long time, longer than anticipated. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm still more <laughs> yeah. to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I started out. I was at my apartment in Sacramento with my one roommate, who is great, but we're not super good friends. Um, and then the first few weeks, I was also nannying a bit. Uh, and so out of work, I was uh, working as a substitute teacher. So obviously, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've been nannying a bit off and on. And during those weeks that I nanny, I feel a bit better, a bit more like, you know, got stuff going on, stuff to do. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I was at my apartment just like sitting around doing nothing and starting to feel pretty down. <laughs> So currently for the last week, I've been at my sister's house. Um, It's my sister and my two nephews who are 11 and nine. Um, And then she's got a couple other people that are kind of just like looped into her circle that are around. So, yeah. So there's a lot more going on here. Um, And I just like already have seen such change in my mood. (laughs) 
Yeah, one thing that we've been kind of talking about of like holding ourselves accountable to not floating away in the midst of COVID. And I do think fours, fives, and nines might be the most prone to floating and doing in like who knows what. Who yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like I feel like all all of us could just wander, you know, all day and not get to doing things. So yeah, I wonder if you're finding that in this time and like what practices are helping you, I guess, keep from floating. Maybe you've already said that. Drifting, floating. Yeah. <laughs> the sloth. Yeah. I was, yeah, sloth, gosh, it's real. it was real bad. <laughs> um, and it's, like, hard because I, I know myself and I know that, like, if I don't have external motivation, I'm not going to do anything. Like, Same. I'm just really bad with the internal. Like, I sign up for half marathons because that's the only way that I'll run because otherwise – I won't, I like, I just have no motivation for yeah. myself yeah. <laughs> and I, and I wish I did, <laughs> but that was hard when this started. Cause it was like, well, there's nothing I like, what can I do to get myself out of that? Mm-hmm. It felt like, like I was trying to do some more things in my apartment to create a routine, but it just really wasn't working that well. Yeah. Um, so that's when I decided I needed to change my environment and, um, took that step to come here to see if it would kind of help that. And it has, that is a good nine, uh, like advice, like switch up your environment (laughs) if it's not going well, but that also, that, that takes some initiative. You had to initiate that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And even like in the first day or so, when I got here, I was like, Oh gosh, is this like, I don't have my, my home where everything's like set up how I want it. I'm like staying in a room with all my, like all their extra, just, I'm using a baby bassinet as a dresser. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's just kind of cluttered. And, yeah. and I just went from one extreme to the other. And the first night or two, I was like, Oh gosh, this is like just as overwhelming. <laughs> um, but once I got a little more situated, it was better. <laughs> I think we were going to have to wrap it up, but maybe, yeah. maybe one last thing. All is right. like, if you have any thoughts or advice or words of encouragement to other nines out there during COVID, you know, like for them listening. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean like one, like have grace with yourself because it's a crazy freaking time and yeah. like beating yourself up doesn't really help that much. <laughs> um, but I guess I just say back to what I was saying is like, if you are feeling like you need some change or want to like figure out how to have a better, I don't know, daily routine, just like focus on the baby steps of like, what's like one little thing you can do, Mm -hmm. um, to kind of get yourself more towards that, like healthy, happy state and like, just take it one step at a time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. Hales, this was so good. It was, this is so fun. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh, we're so excited. (laughs) Hi, my name is Marissa. I'm an Enneagram 9, and I'm coming at you from Seattle. <laughs> Seattle. It's very All right. pretty. Baby, you're already on as a 9 I'm very recently. Yes, <laughs> but I was just on as a recently. recap for anybody that might be listening, yeah. can you just very briefly sum up how you first learned that you were 9 or, or what, what, set, what, what set it in stone that you knew? Like, what were some of the features of 9 that you're like, that's it, I know? Uh... I didn't know forever, so that was a real clear indicator (laughs) after, like, several months of hemming and hawing and ignoring and pretending it wasn't happening, all of that, yeah. But ultimately, it was about those that core motivation Mm -hmm. to connect 
and keep peace and self-forget. So, <laughs> yeah. That, that conglomerate <laughs> of items. Yeah, yeah that's uh, really drove it home. Okay. So now we're wondering what are you up to since all this has gone down with quarantine? How has your day-to-day changed and what are you doing? <sighs> yeah, this is probably in so many ways for other nines. They're probably like the ones who are like, is it different? Like, I don't really see that much different. And in a way that is really true. You know, it's nines are so used to kind of like just adapting to day to day or adapting to changes and then like totally going numb. And so not even realizing that anything has changed. Um, But for me, like that instinct of keeping the peace or like that adaptability I've just kind of gone into like, okay, we're in quarantine quarantine mode. Like it's like a shift on a car gear. That piece of like, is everybody else okay? Like, th- I mean, that is one of like the, the most classic nine phrases that just like lives in me is I'm okay if everybody else is okay. So I think I've been super into like, okay, what are the kids doing for school? And that's changed every week. So like, I don't get freaked out by those changes because I can adapt and I can shift fairly quickly, but I just wanted to know that like everyone else is doing okay. So I've had up and down moments. I've had moments that are like, oh, it's catching up to me that I'm disappointed, you know, cause I'm like not <laughs> really <laughs> like into those feelings. <laughs> yeah I'm like no you guys I can do this like it's fine I'm so focused on everybody else and then I'm like disappointed or like I'm sad I'm angry like that is (laughs) you know or I'm like I'm bored or I'm confused or I don't really know what to think and I think that is also really hard is like am I doing the right thing here because you know, there's so much crazy judgment out there. And you're like, do I, am I supposed to be doing that? And these people over here are doing this. And these people over here are doing this. Like, what am I doing? You know, what's Jay Inslee say? That's our governor. (laughs) Are you out of state? I feel like you've been really accessing some three during COVID. I doesn't even Marissa like put off three vibes. Like I think she's out here on the deck putting out three vibes to me. Yeah. Like with the sunglasses and just being kind of flashy and cool. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Just because I'm super attractive doesn't mean I'm a three. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Actually. Um, Yeah. Do you feel like you've been accessing three vibes? I mean, you've been really activated. You've been working hard. Yeah. Well, and part of that is I have been working hard and that is the misnomer <laughs> about a three, you know, or about a three, hi, Freud, um, <laughs> about a nine is like that they're, again, words like sloth or lazy right. or something like that. That gives the impression that nines aren't really doing anything, but it's, they're doing so much, but mm-hmm. what they're doing is not directed at themselves. So that's still been, you know, if the Enneagram is, great tool to catch yourself in the act of doing that. That's been part of what I think this, the boundaries of quarantine life have done for me is to say, okay, how, how much I'm doing a lot of work. And yeah, a lot of that is directed at the kids. A lot of that is directed at at my actual job. Mm -hmm. Um, but not, 
as much as I would like is directed towards just some of those things that I want to be doing. Yeah. So really forcing myself to get outside and walk because I, I know I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Makes me feel good. Makes me so happy even to just be able to yell at people across the street. Just you know, see, just, to just to see, see people, people out there. Out there. Yes. Being alive I and know. doing things. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think we can wrap it up with, do you have any advice for nines out there in quarantine? <sighs> nines, you know I love you so much. Yes. Um, it It's getting, taking the time to get clear on, like what, I keep doing this little invitation to some of my coaching clients. What's the reality? Like how are you waking up? Hmm. And if it's like, I feel so shitty, I am, this is not a good day for me. Um, then what's like the invitation in that? And what's hmm. the opportunity that only quarantine life is giving you, you know? So really getting clear on that every single day for me, use your, utilize your need for connection mm-hmm. towards yourself. Like every morning before other people's needs have a chance to get in there. Oof. Um, That's good. Yeah, that's what I'd have to say. Hey, guys. I'm Lexi. I'm calling in from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. And I am an Enneagram 9. Uh, What's what's our first question? Well, the first question is, when did you you first kind of get into the Enneagram? And when did you kind of be like, oh, I'm a 9? It felt like, honestly, right before the big Enneagram craze if you will yeah we will i had friends locally um ian cron is in franklin at a church so i feel like we were sort of on a pulse with some friends who live in franklin um some close friends of ours doing kind of class class Mm -hmm. stuff like at the church but then also with suzanne stabile and so through them it was like hey, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I feel like I've heard about this, you know, and so I started digging in, and then because of his, because of Bobby's um, access at the church, I was like, hey, I want to teach a class, you know, an Enneagram class, (laughs) even though I really have no, I I have no, it was because I wanted to learn about the Enneagram, and all the things, (laughs) I was like, can we get some curriculums, and, you know, learn about it, which was so great, because, I was able to lead a class and watch a video, like Richard Moore videos. And then we ended up doing a bigger one with a Suzanne Stabile um, whole curriculum. And then the Road Back to You came out. And so, um, but it was, it was one of those ones. And like I said earlier, you read about them and it's that pit in your stomach when you're reading about your number. And what's funny is, most people who are learning about the Enneagram or kind of figuring out what their number are kind of want to be a nine. You know, it's this wished for person. Yes, that is the crown. Yeah, that is not the case for someone who I believe to truly be a nine. It kind of stinks to be a nine. It's really hard and tiring, you know, and um, confusing in a lot of ways. And so, I knew right away. I was like, oh, shoot. That's it. That's me. <laughs> and in like a, you know, a, kind of a hump way. Um, okay, so how are you feeling with all of the 
quarantine and being in the home with six folks and stuff. You've kind of already shared a bit, but now is your time to shine. Shine away. (laughs) Um, It's been going really well. Like I said earlier, like I can keep, I can keep the peace here in the house really well. So in my opinion, things are going really well. I don't require a lot of schoolwork. I just make sure kids are fed and no one is like cut deeply or burning. Mm-hmm. And then I consider that a successful day. I can, I can sum up Lexi's way of keeping the peace in two words. Please, please. Any guesses? Uh, yeah, low expectations. No. Oh. Good. Oh, but I feel like that's wonderful of like, it's just like no, no, any no, no. day uh, yeah. to be what it yeah, is, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, no. Yes. That's so close, to the, that's so close to the truth. Anything no, goes? We, that's it. Yes. What is it? What did you say? Anything goes. Anything goes. Yeah, yeah. Anything goes. Yeah. That's nice. I think that's the attitude yeah. we need to embrace for right now, though. Like, I think that's what we need to hear. Yes. Yeah, I mean, as long as you're not hurting yourself or someone else, like, you yeah. do you, man. Just anything goes. That's a anything nice goes. energy. I do think that's where, like, we need to get into a conversation someday about, like, the variance between... Because there is a big difference between you and Marissa, and you're both nines. So I, I have to imagine you're, like, self-prez nine or sexual nine. Just because Marissa's social nine, it's very mu- it is very much focused on, like... You know, your teachers are expecting this. Your piano teacher is expecting this. You have to show up for your these things. You know, Marissa's really focused on that. <laughs> no, I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. I actually can't do that. I like, give me the night sweats. I really just. Yeah. That will keep, I, actually, that would keep me up at night. How does, how, Lexi, how no, do you feel like. Pizza guy. Pizza guy. Here. Important. <laughs> or you can't drop it off. How do you feel like um, sloth shows up for you personally? <laughs> I love that face. Like that. Uh, I, love, I love the sloth, my sweet slothies. <laughs> it's an interesting thing. And what I, so you see all this stuff online about, you know, how to deal with quarantine as an Enneagram, whatever. And one thing it said is like, so nines, maybe you need to activate a little, like just so the hair, just, you know, like don't sloth out too bad because you're not going anywhere. Um, I have found, so a few things, a couple of things that are happening in my life right now, I, so I'm a 200 hour, uh, trained yoga teacher And I signed up in January for a 300-hour training. Wow. I was supposed to leave town nine different weekends. Wow. Starting at, like, the very end of February, beginning of March. um, Nine different weekends, just over to West Tennessee. So, like, a couple hours away, spend weekends away. This was a big – I mean, this is a big deal. We were, like, a lot of preparation, emotional, physical – Monetary, Every level, the whole deal. nine week, nine weekends. She's she's gone. Yeah, yeah. we're yeah. getting ready. We are yeah. ramping up and getting ready. It was like nine, basically nine <laughs> yoga retreats. That's amazing. Jeez. In addition to like all of the teaching hours and the taking hours, the assisting hours, blah blah blah. Yeah, and then obviously, I have not left the house to do any yoga training, but it has been something. So we're continuing as best we can with lecture hours on Zoom. 
And it's been something that's been so wonderful for me Hmm. with that whole um, bettering yourself and doing something for you and all that. That's really, really hard for a nine saying, this is me. This is what I need. But to have, I found that it's the way for me to be able to do that well is something mandatory. Ah, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like a class, the like, external motivation. Yeah, yes. so it's like I've got Zoom yoga Zoom at four thirty on Friday. You know, that, you've got to show play up. This out. Yeah, you got, I have to show up, mm-hmm. and everybody else has to show up and yeah. do it. You know what they need to do. As opposed to my regular work, which is very ambiguous. I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm my own boss, and so I can work or not work, which often is not work, because <laughs> I'm the one, you know, with you know, everybody needs to be happy, everybody needs to be fed or whatever, and it doesn't play out so well. So it's been really a treat. Like I didn't, I've fought it a little bit because I didn't. It's not what I wanted. I wanted to leave. I wanted to leave and do the thing mm-hmm. that I needed to do to better myself and my business and all of that. But within this quarantine realm where we can't leave, it's been very life-giving um, in this little community, being educated, learning, growing, all of that, being challenged. So that's worked out. Anything goes is a great phrase. I love that. <laughs> I do love it. <laughs> Anything well, yeah, I'm goes. teaching my five-year-old how to start fires. I yeah. mean, that's I that's it. so inspiring to me, and I'm jealous. <laughs> okay, so I advice? think we've I think we got to wrap up. This has been so so special. Do you fun. want to do advice for nines though? Yeah, advice for nines. Advice for nines, Lexi. Mm. And then we do have to wrap up. We're gonna do more interviews. We, we're gonna be interviewing till like nine tonight. Wow! Busting yeah. it out. Yeah. Bam, bam, bam. I wish you told me that I was gonna have to do an advice thing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, Lexi's thinking about it. It's, yeah. Let me just say how fun it is to see you guys and be part of this. Oh. I, 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 we listened to the episode. I listened to I don't know how much Lexi listened to these, but but I, as, as one of Scott's closest friends, I listened to him just to hear Scott talk. Oh, and to, and to, so it's so sweet to be able to see you guys and to be a part of this. Oh, that's so nice. I know. I, I was so excited for Macy to meet you guys. I was excited. Scott was getting really nostalgic about the fact that this was going to happen. So it's fun. Mm. <laughs> All right, Lexi. Okay, I have two things to say. <laughs> Fist pump. About, what is it? What was the word? Advice? Advice. Encouragement? Yeah. <laughs> my advice. Advice for, for nines. Advice for nines. My, my advice for nines are two things. One... Which is really probably advice for all of us. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My advice for nines is two things. One, you are needed right now. Hmm. Your friends need you. They need you to be a sounding board. They need, they need you to sit in the unease of this time, this questionable time. Not to quickly paint the picture of the silver lining, which is immediately in every nine's head when somebody says something hard. Hmm. But to sit in there, to be quiet in it, and be next to, even if it's over a phone or Zoom, with these people, with your friends, with these people, in empathy with them in this hardness. I think that's really important. And a friend of mine told me that that's what I'm doing really well as a nine <laughs> yeah. during quarantine, that I'm doing a good job being empathetic 
to my friends who are not nines. So good. And the other thing is, even if you know that you are going to create conflict in a group text, <laughs> if you feel confident... Or fill in the blank, whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> if you know that you need to do it, do it anyway. That's good. Do it afraid. Sometimes we say that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I love you guys. We love you. Love Miss you. you. Miss you. This is really Thank fun. You. Thank you, it's guys. It's crazy. My name is Daniel. I am calling in from Seattle, Washington, and I am an Enneagram 9. Um, I am McKaylee's partner, and I was also the 9 on No Small Things first 9 episode. I think is yeah, your yeah. first series of, of the Enneagram. So I, this- I think I'm episode 45. I looked it up beforehand. I don't just have it filed in my little ego but um <laughs> how dare you daniel <laughs> um the water metaphors if anybody's listened to that episode yeah. the oh, water man. metaphors. this is the guy with the water metaphors the Here hot I'm I'm water back. metaphors <laughs> ready I don't, I don't have any generic metaphors lined up though so don't get your hopes up that's one of my favorite parts in all the podcasts you can you can make a water met i know everybody does water metaphors you can make a water metaphor ever and i'm like what i do feel like enneagram books like to talk about nines it's probably like true i like never true. thought about it until you said it but it's true i mean yeah. i've now i've thought about it a lot i'm like oh every time there's somebody has a water metaphor now i'm like oh, oh. my friend said there's an endless <laughs> supply of water metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Daniel, as briefly as you can, what's been your Enneagram journey in discovering a nine? How did yeah, you know I mean, you were nine? Yeah, I, I knew I was a nine pretty instantly. I was reading through the types, and I, none of them, I was like, oh, yeah, I could be this. Oh, yeah, I could be this. And, and then I reached the end, and it was nine. It was like, they just had a little sentence at the end, like, if you had trouble distinguishing yourself from any of the other types, you might just be a nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of ran with that. And then the more I read about it, the more it made sense. Like, passive doesn't like to be a problem to people, can just kind of numb out when you're having an experience you don't want to be experiencing. Um, that really describes me pretty well. Um, and Daniel's, Daniel's a self pres nine. So I feel like that is like, it's nine and then it's nine. You know, it's extra like, oh. nine. A nine's <laughs> nine. The nine's nine. I'm a four's four. <laughs> yeah, you're a yeah. nine's nine. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, so what's your COVID sitch? Yeah, well, I mean, self prez, it, it's really like this entire situation has been this huge assault on my like sense of self. Like when I s- started seeing news things coming out, I was like, this is going to be such an inconvenience. Like, of course, like I, I couldn't even go to the point of being like, this is going to be super tragic. A bunch of people are going to die. I might die. Like all that stuff is too far or maybe just too real for me to really uh, put myself there. I was, I was really just like, this is going to mess everything up. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to feel so disturbed for a very long time. Um, <laughs> isn't that funny? It's so uh, funny. I feel mess like up my equilibrium. I feel like there's so many ways I relate to Daniel sometimes, and then so many ways I toggle back and forth between relating more to you. But like, I do feel like this inconvenience thing. I don't know if you think about it like this, Daniel, but sometimes I think about like a car accident, or like even getting pulled over for a ticket. My my initial thought and stress is not the accident and all that this will entail in the next few days and weeks or the ticket and the money that it's going to impact my bank account. It's the inconvenience in the moment. 
I'm like, I got in the accident, oh. and now it's an hour of talking to these people, and now it's messed up my day. <laughs> I'm not even thinking about the other stuff. I'm just like, this is not I what I had planned. I wonder if there's a difference there between a sexual type uh, encountering inconvenience versus a self pres Because for me, it's like, this is going to be something I have to think about for a while. Like, ah. Car accident isn't just in the, the experience right now. It's more like, this is now for a while I need to worry about. So like for me with COVID, again, like an individual moment day by day isn't awful for me. But when I consider like the length at which we're going to have to be dealing with this, that's where I really start grieving. Mm. 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 There it is. Some self-pres clarification. Yeah. Just to throw my hat in the ring there. In the car accident situation, I'm full shame cycle. Like, oh. that is where I'm going. Oh, like, I'm, I've got no shame. Yeah, it, the whole thing the <laughs> no whole shame. thing is shrouded with shame. I'm <laughs> crying because I feel shameful. I'm telling people I'm apologizing. Regardless of what's happened, that's where my head is. Not even, I'm not even in that ballpark. I'm yeah. not even in, anywhere near there. Wow. What's the home like life right, the home life like right now? What, do you, what are you doing around the house on your free time? <laughs> Uh, what did what did you say? Bugging she said bugging, bugging each other. <laughs> I guess a little bit. I don't feel super bugged, but maybe she does. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I mean like I'm built for home life. Home life. Yeah. If this is great, there's no social stigma against being at home constantly. So I'm like, yes, this is this is my jam. Uh, I'm I'm doing a lot of reading. I'm reading um, some texts in ancient Greek. I'm reading some books in English. Um, I'm playing guitar and teaching myself how to... Okay, so this is interesting. I I know you've kind of been asking people, like, what are you learning about yourself? This will kind of bleed into that. I've been um, doing two new very... Or two very new things. I've been, like, intentionally feeling emotions, which... As like a nine, my strategy is to suppress that naturally. And so I feel like in this past like two weeks, I've learned more about like what it actually means to feel an emotion intentionally than I have my entire life. Wow. It's been insane. Oh, shoot. Like, I, of course, I've been happy before and I've been angry before and I, I know what emotions feel like. But in terms of like actually feeling the entire wave as it as it washes over you. Oh, my gosh. A water metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but you did. <laughs> um, yeah, that, um, that's been great. It, it's, it is really intense sometimes, and it's uncomfortable. Um, but with every, all the stress, I can't not do that. Um, and I think, I guess, as if I'm sharing this and if you're listening to this, I really encourage you to try your best. If you're not someone who naturally feels emotions, do what you can to make that a safe process and then try it because it's so rewarding and will save you much money later when you finally get around to going to therapy. Yeah. Do you have any other last advice? Well, I guess the other thing I've been doing is dancing, which gets me into my body. Yes. And that's not something I naturally do. I look in the mirror and my body's so confused at what it's doing. Doesn't naturally move like that. But again, this season has kind of given us all permission to, try new things and to adopt new behaviors. And so do like, try something. It doesn't have to be dance, but do something that gets you in your body and in your feelings and in your mind, if that's not your place where you reside. Um, But I think uh, trying to live into all three triads, mind, head, or sorry, mind, body, heart, um, that'll really help you survive this, this time. Hmm. 
That's so sweet. That's Thank good. you, Daniel. Get out there and dance. Thank you for listening to this very special 100th episode. We wanted to close this episode with a poem read by Ruben. Thank you for uh, making me the final act. Uh, I'm going to read a poem by uh, Richard Hugo. Uh, If you are from Washington, if you're from Seattle or uh, around here, you might have heard of a place called the Hugo House. So uh, it's named after him. Richard Hugo used to teach at UW, and he's written a lot, quite a bit. Well, he's dead, so. But he has written, uh, he has a lot of poems about... uh, kind of like Washington. Uh, and this is not one of them. <laughs> but I I think it's uh it's a it's a good poem. Uh and also because I know that people who are ta- uh who are featured in this episode not, I mean they're from all over the place, which I think is very cool. Okay. So the poem is called Silver Star. Silver Star by Richard Hugo. This is the final resting place of engines farm equipment, and that rare, never more than occasional man. Population, 17. Altitude, unknown. For no good reason, you can guess, the woman in the local store is kind. Old steam trains have been resting here so long, you feel the urge to oil them, to lay new track, to start the west again. The Jefferson drifts by in no great hurry on its way to wed the Madison to be a tributary of the ultimately dirty brown Missouri. This town supports your need to run alone. What if you'd lived here, young, gone full of fear to that stark brick school, the cruel teacher supported by your guardian, Think well of the day you ran away to Whitehall. Think evil of the cop who found you starving and returned you siren open to the house you cannot find today. You question everyone you see. The answer comes back wrong. There was no house. They never heard your name. When you leave here, leave in a flashy car and wave goodbye. You are a stranger every day. Let the engines and the farm equipment die and know that rivers end and never end, lose and never lose their famous names. What if your first girl ended certain she was animal, barking at the aids and licking floors? You know you have no answers. The empty school burns red in heavy snow. Thank you.